friends. It's good to see you again. I'm Brian. And I'm Joe. Let's, Let's start, start the show. The In, show has started. Indeed. Um, did you listen to the, the Tuesday thing? I did. <laughs> It was a short listen. Like I, I listened to it before the gym in the morning. And usually like I just get through like the first few minutes of us kind of like, yeah, but it was nice. I could, I could wake up and listen to the whole podcast on the way to the gym. Yeah. That, wow. So yeah, that's cool. So that was one positive thing. Yeah. Um, I did get feedback from Sean. Okay. Did and he? he said, you could definitely tell Joe was on the phone, mm-hmm. but he's like, who cares? Like, start interviewing people, man. Like, it's good. He was like, fine with it. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to read it. Okay. Verbatim. Okay, you do that. Verbatim. Give you a little... Sean Welty. Give you a little music to look that up. You can tell Joe was on the phone, but it didn't sound bad. Uh, Sometimes it's necessary to get interesting people on to use the technology you have access to. And he said the end was delayed, but it could be... A benefit to get people from other places the end the end when we said um we'll see you next oh, show oh yeah no i i felt like you did that on purpose because i also laughed i didn't <laughs> oh okay i swear like um as you were saying it i was i was in sync with you like perfectly and then when i heard oh. it back i was like nope <laughs> <laughs> yes so i was like we'll see you next show and i was like i guess he's not jo- we'll see you next show and i was like whoa he was way late and so I just thought you did it as a joke because you were on the phone. Sounded perfect to me, basically. That's <laughs> yeah. what happens. So we, that was the, the type of delay that it takes to get from one cell phone to the, to, to the space and then back down to another cell phone, but then back or whatever, however right, it works. Right, however it works. Um, you were in Miss Sour Eye. Yeah, Missouri. Southern Missouri in Springfield visiting the kids for Halloween. It was awesome. And I made a joke that you needed to bring me back a present, and you brought me back a Miss Sour Eye uh, license plate keychain that says uh, the Show Me State. The Show Me State. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because you were kidding, and I thought it would be funny to do it, you know, to be like, hey, I'm going to do it anyways. Right. So I wasn't kidding, I but know. I mean, here we are, you know. Here we are. Now I've got, now I've got the... The joke present, and I was hoping for a new car or something. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read that. Um, so the reason I got you the show me state thing because that's you know it's from that co- quote. From, yeah, you um, explained the quote. You got to read it for everybody. I was thinking that while you were reading it to me, I was like, we got to do this on the podcast. Okay, I'll give you the short synopsis. So how Missouri became the show me state? Mm-hmm. Um, Missouri. Well, I'm gonna tell you where I got this from. Um, says Missouri enjoy enjoy the show Amazon it's in a it's on a it's on a website I just googled it I don't know I don't know what this is I'm sorry <laughs> it says like Amazon AWS.com whatever it's it's weird here you go uh, Missouri had many nicknames through the years but the one that is widely known but the one most widely known is the show me state no one knows exactly when or where the expression originated much of the credit for popularizing the term, however, goes to Congressman Willard Duncan Van Diver of Cape Girardeau County. Oh, good, good pronunciation. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but it's a, it, it sounded great to me. It looks French. Van Diver, a scholar, writer, and lecturer who served in the U.S. Representative from 
1897 to 1905, used the expression during an 1899 speech in Philadelphia. Van Diver bore a strong facial resemblance to another famous Missourian, Mark Twain, and was noted as a colorful orator. Mm. Whoa. Um, speaking to Philadelphia's five o'clock club, he questioned the accuracy of an earlier speaker's remarks, saying, and I quote, I come from a state that raises corn and cotton and cockleburs and Democrats, and frothy eloquence neither convinces nor satisfies me. I am from Missouri. You have got to show me. Mm. Boom. Show me. I don't know what he was talking about or what the thing was, but I just like that. I like how he was like, I don't like your frothy eloquence, your fancy words. You need to show me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like uh, put up or shut up. Yep. You know, don't be all talk. And when you ask most Missourians, you know, where did the show me state come from? They're like, I have no idea. Yeah, they <laughs> more than likely think of like... Um, a vulgar construction worker yelling at young ladies passing by. Oh. You know, mm-hmm. show me. Show me. Ah. Cat calling. You know, mm-hmm. and then show me. You know, that's probably where they think. That's where my mind went until you read that quote to me. Yeah, I made it more historically accurate for us. For and everybody. more like manly, right? Like, like yeah. put up or shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just talk, speak, mm-hmm. ask not. Mm-hmm. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. It's along those lines. I think so. Like, just do it. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't talk about it. Be about it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And it's a, it's a good good uh, phrase to live by. I couldn't think of the word phrase. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of the old uh, Red Dog beer. Remember that? Um, and they their commercials. I do not. Yeah, it wasn't a very popular or well known <laughs> beer. Um, but they had these commercials of a red bulldog looking thing mm-hmm. kind of walking around all tough mm-hmm. and i remember them saying um when you when you know you're the big dog you ain't gotta say it and i was like well maybe i'll drink some of this beer and get it be all tough like that right that, that dog over there walking around wagging my tail to <laughs> i don't know what the commercial is trying to get um have you heard of red bull mm-hmm. um their heard. phrase is red bull gives you wings <laughs> not as it's not as not as cool i guess <laughs> my, my dog just this is going to be our our last podcast in the garage it's cold oh it's yeah get, it's getting cold outside it's not an insulated we have a little heater over here i have a coat and a, a, a faux fur hat on mm-hmm. and i have a sensitivity to caffeine and i'm drinking coffee yeah so it's keeping me warm basically i was kind of lazy this morning and so like i i kind of needed the coffee wake back up i didn't go to the gym but then once i got home like i took a shower and i've just been kind of mm-hmm. loafing until you got here you know so i'm glad that you wanted coffee because i was i was in such a loafing mode i didn't want to even make coffee for myself mm-hmm. so, cool. so when i requested it you're like oh well if joe wants it i guess bailey I, wants coffee bailey wants coffee <laughs> out of here, bailey. we always know when she's around so um yeah, let me tell you about my trip a little bit. We, um, I like Missouri for a couple of reasons. N- not one of them is the weather. I don't like the weather. It's too humid. Humid. Mm-hmm. Humid down there. Um, but they have great barbecue because it's in the southerly region of the America. Um, 
With uh, is it the so I know in South Carolina and Georgia, both places I've been to Missouri before, but uh, not a ton. I've lived in South Carolina and I lived in Georgia mm-hmm. for several years, and like the the, I mean there's there's like the typical barbecue joints right like Texas mm-hmm. Roadhouse or I don't, I don't know, um, but like the the real barbecue joints are like at picnic tables mm-hmm. with paper tablecloths and they bring your food is normally served on styrofoam Mm -hmm. and in missouri um i noticed that many times you'll be like in a neighborhood like this right this house was converted to now a a barbecue place and you go in there and you're like this used to be a house and they didn't do much to it (laughs) and so there was one place called old mcdonald's um that was down in south carolina and it could be a chain. I never have ran into another one, but it, it had a pond uh, right in the back, and it was like a, it was like a house, just like you're saying. Like, it, mm-hmm. but it was it wasn't in a neighborhood. It was like way out of the way to get to Old McDonald. Okay. And I was younger, so way out of the way. I could be. It could have just been a couple miles, but it felt like forever to have to be in the back seat with my brother and he touching me and looking at me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I remember is that's the first place I ever tried fried uh, frog legs. It's oh, the first man. place I ever tried alligator, but mm. they literally were able, I don't know, it might not even have been legal, but they were able to get the frog legs and catfish out of the pond behind, like just literally like right back there from the pond that was like, yeah. And maybe the, that's where they the kept lawn. them, you know, maybe they just like, you know, they, they, they must've been <laughs> yeah, farming the, the them. Pond. I like how you did the shoe, shoe, shoe frogs getting <laughs> to the, they must've kept them. They must've kept them by shoeing them had, with their hand. I had to like bring this. all the listeners in on that, that you were shoeing with your hand. <laughs> <laughs> they must've kept them. You must've kept them in the pond. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and, and so anyway, I remember that and yeah, it was just like a, like a house, mm. but why were you in Missouri? Like why, well, why so, you go there? Well, so my kids are living down there for the school year now. We, um, they were living up here with me, but then we switched as part of our agreement. Um, and so they'll be staying with me during the summer. I'll be doing the fun summer dad things with my kids. But during the year, I like to go down there a few times and just, you know, hang out with them because I don't like to be away from them for so long at a time. And um, instead of going to Thanksgiving, which when you look ahead on any... Um, on any flight schedules, those those Thanksgiving flights are super expensive. Super expensive. Like yeah, I was looking at like a thousand dollars for a round trip, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can swing that. So we just kind of worked out that I would um, go down for a long weekend for Halloween instead, which was super fun. Um, I had grown out my Ron Burgundy esque mustache, mm-hmm. which came in super handy. Um, I looked at the part almost, even though Ron Burgundy doesn't have silver white hair. Um, but then, uh, my, my, um, child Clover, uh, was uh, Bob Ross. I saw that. And people, people were giving that kid, um, extra candy. Like they're like, Oh, Bob Ross. And they would dump the rest of their candy bag into their bag. So, so note to all the, the kids out there, mm-hmm. if you do the popular thing, which right now would be, um, oh, what is, what is it? Uh, the red light, green light. What is that? That game? Oh Yeah. Squid Game. Um, Squid Game. Mm-hmm. If you dress up like Squid Game. Or Among Us or, you know, Or any things. Disney character, you know, anything along those lines. It's cute. It's awesome. I love it. We appreciate it. You are, you're going to get the same amount of candy as everyone else. If you go retro, mm-hmm. if you go Bob Ross. Or that guy from Reading Rainbow, maybe? Reading Rainbow. Oh, mm-hmm. totally. What was his name? Mm. Oh, because he was also on Star Trek. Oh, that was the guy, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Oh, that. I will remember. 
I'll look it up. Uh, sometimes I, I don't want to look things up. So, gonna... so you look it up. I'm still going to try to remember. Okay. And don't, we'll, we'll, we'll reveal later as I, as I think on it. Yep. I'll put it but, down. But like go retro, go, um, now you could go like all the people that used to listen to Eminem and Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock. Like they're the ones handing out the candy. Yeah. Lamar, Lamar, mm-hmm. Lamar. Oh, I cannot remember his last name. Lamar. I think it's, it's uh, I think it starts with a G. Um, no, but oh. it, it's like, uh, sounds very close to like a very popular snowboarding or skating. I think it's snowboarding. Lamar. You got, oh, you got a, that board, huh? That's cool. Mm, I wish that helped me. It starts with a B. Lamar. Boring. Bob. Oh, okay. So I'll keep going. Um, mm-hmm. If you dress up as something retro, and again, like retro now, it doesn't seem retro to me, but it is. Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock. Name some other. Oh, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla maybe. Ice. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. MC Hammer. Oh, with the pants? You would get so much candy mm-hmm. because that's what those adults dressed up as when they were doing what everybody does now, right? And mm-hmm. that, so that was the squid game back then is to dress up as MC Hammer, mm-hmm. Vanilla Ice. If you do that now, it's retro, you get the big candy bars. They may even go back inside and get you like prime rib. Mm-hmm. And so like, just keep that in mind for next year. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't help that you're like parents, like we're going to dress retro anyway. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help us. No. Because we're still wearing the same thing we wore 20 years ago. Yep. Good job. <laughs> um, like, oh, another Beetlejuice, huh? Nice work. <laughs> and I guess maybe if you go to an older neighborhood, you got to go older, older retro. Uh, Dolly Parton. John Wayne. Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. You know, some things like that. But those almost get too, like, cliche because they've been used a couple times now, mm-hmm. right? Because at one point, dressing up as Elvis Presley on Halloween was the same as Squid Game. Yep. Right? Like... Mm-hmm. That, that was the squid game back then, and everybody was Elvis Presley. And then, 20 years later, everybody dressed up as Elvis Presley to be retro, mm-hmm. and now that's happened a couple times. And yeah. so it kind of is now just like the classic, and you're mm-hmm. not going to... you got to be 20 years behind. Yep, and also be kind of obscure, you know? Like, yeah, right. Like, right. Like Bob Ross, he had a documentary that came out, and so it was just like perfect timing. You know, yeah. he, he became fresh in everyone's mind. We were all reminded how much we love that guy. Kind of like... Um, um, Mr. Rogers' neighbor, Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. man, he's amazing. Um, who else? Didn't you just love Mr. Rogers, by the way? Did you watch his shows? Okay, so um, the the puppets, uh-huh. when they go back into like the, what was that place called? Mm, like the Make Believe Land. Make, land yeah, make Believe Land. Or something like that. They all scared me. The Land of Make Believe. The Land of Make Believe. And the trolley would take you there. Yep. They were weird. Okay, so they were super weird. They scared me, and so... I'm going like, to do, do one of their voices right now. Let okay. me see how this hits you. Well, welcome to the Land of Make Believe! Like, you're like, ooh! Right, and they, and they, looked, and they looked weird, yeah. and like... And so I just... I almost I, sound like Gollum right there. I didn't know I could do a Gollum. <laughs> into my precious yeah maybe i'll try that (laughs) um yeah so um i watched a little bit but every any time they were heading to make believe land i'm like no changing the channel Mm -hmm. and i'm going to like saved by the bell i guess i was also kind of uncomfortable with the um the mailman's name what was the mailman's name mr mcfeely okay Mm -hmm. okay just like a stranger and his name has the word 
feely in it. And and uh, back in that day, it was meant like he was like in his feelings. Yeah. He was all up in his feelings and he could be honest with how he was feeling. Oh, I'm sad today. Mm -hmm. Why are you sad, Mr. McFeely? Mm -hmm. But now it's like, oh, you're kind of a pedo. I don't know. Yeah. It just made me feel, I don't know, it made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it got you all up in the feelies. And then when I watched it later on, he, when he would say, hello, Mr. McFeely, I'm like, yeah, why, why, that, is, that is weird. <laughs> Still makes me feel awkward. But but Mr. Rogers was like a Marine. Yeah. And like a like a pretty hardcore Marine. So I think some of that is um, lore, like a, a rumor. So I Oh, heard, he might not have been. Well, I think... I think he was a Marine, and I think he was, you know, pretty good, just like Drew Carey was um, also a Marine and pretty good at it. Um, but the rumor mill um, says that he was also like a super scary sniper, and the reason why he wore um, long sleeve sweaters is because of all of his all the kill tattoos. marks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. have all the kill marks and everything, and that's not true. He was a Yeah, I, I didn't think that was true. Super friendly Presbyterian pastor type of person yeah. who did he he did the whole show. He made the puppets. He did the stories. I'm sure he did the voices. He did the voices, the, probably. The creepy voices. That's yeah. why they sounded so creepy. Yeah. You know. Um, I don't know, but I still I still like that show. It was still so good. I don't know. And I like, he also did like, uh, he was the first person that I remember doing like, how is it made sort of thing, you know? Like, he'd be like, this is how a piece of luggage is made. And he'd take you to the factory. This is how crayons are made. This is how you make a musical instrument. You can make it out of anything. But you can't really do Mr. Rogers Neighborhood like that anymore because like you can just YouTube stuff. Like if you want to know how something's made, you just how how crayon made. Like you don't even have to really type out a complete sentence. Crayons mm-hmm. made how. But the thing I like about Mr. Rogers is you could feel safe with him. Like he's I felt like he's just trying to teach you something instead of when you go to a YouTube channel, they're not just trying to teach you something. They're trying, number one, to get you as a subscriber and get more views. They're doing so by giving you this this thing. So what comes first is the intent of money making and getting you hooked onto whatever it is they're doing. And then second, the second thing is I want to teach you something. And I think that Mr. Rogers kind of embodied the, hey, we're not trying to sell things and com- you know compel kids to want to buy things or do, do things that would they would spend money. We're just trying to have them um, feel okay about their feelings when going to the dentist, maybe. Or, you know, we, we need to treat kids as, you know, the, the, the special people that they are and not try to be selling them stuff. Right. And there was, a, when, when the show around the time it came out is when that law changed. It used to be right. it used to be illegal to advertise towards children. Correct. And then that law changed and that's why all the car- the not the cartoons, the advertisements, you know, when we were kids really looked like kids having fun playing with like this really lame toy. Yeah. Right? Um but like they were advertising to us and that really hadn't happened mm-hmm. a decade before. Yeah, and there was that um he has a there's a YouTube video of him uh, speaking to Congress, arguing against that. Mm-hmm. And during that talk, uh, I believe he did convince them. You know, they were like, "Yeah, I guess you're right," because he was so eloquent and and let them know. Um, but then I think it was Bill Clinton. You know, I could be wrong on that, but I think yeah, it was I think Clinton you're right. I think it, it it wishy washed, and then yeah, I think I think you are right. I think it's Bill Clinton mm-hmm. that that did that. And I'm like, ugh, that was not a good one, bro. Because look. 
I mean, because all that does is it, it just empowers people that already have a bunch of money to make more money, but do so in a way that's, in my mind, kind of cheating. I mean, you're using, you're using um, psychology that adults have figured out on kids, you know, to compel them to do things, right. using things like um, negative emotions, you know, mm-hmm. stress and mm-hmm. things like that. And it has just made this, I don't know, kind of materialistic sort of society we live in now where no one just wants to pick up a little guitar and, you know, learn how to play it. Or they just want to do guitar hero stuff and put on their Oculus and go to another digital realm and and slice imaginary boxes in two. And I don't know. Have you done that? I, I did. It was, okay. I, haven't, I haven't done it. It's actually pretty fun. Yeah. Every time, every time <laughs> I see like advertisements for it, I'm like, I kind of want to do that. It's really fun. I think yeah. you should, um, you could try it over at our house. We'll just let you put it on and I'll show you how to do it. You get like easy. dizzy or anything? No, it's, um, Melanie does have, she gets a headache, so she won't do it anymore. So, mm-hmm. you know, try it for a minute or two. Say you like it. Maybe take a break. Yeah. Put it back on. Yeah. I kind of want to, I kind of want to do the virtual. I, I did. Uh, do you remember Dave and Buster's? I think yeah. it's still a thing. Yeah, yeah. When but I there was, was living in California. Yeah, there was a Dave and Buster's when I lived down in South Carolina. And we would go. And so it's like a big Chuck E. Cheese for adults, basically. Yep, <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it is. You you ate kind of okay food, just like Chuck E. Cheese. Like, it's like an Applebee's. Yeah, but kind worse. Of, but a little but, worse. But yeah. yeah, but like, yeah, like an Applebee's-ish. You kind of know everything came like exactly in a package. Yeah. As you get it on your plate, you're pretty much there for the oversized beer mugs and yep. the video games. Yep, and then the yeah, adult. No, I'm not saying adult like they were rated X or anything, but just right. like adult sized video games. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tried virtuality, virtual reality there, but it was in the 90s, man. Oh, and so like, I'm, I'm yeah. positive it's way better. But the last time I did virtuality, virtual reality, I keep saying the movie. Have you ever seen that virtuosity? Oh, yes. I think I have. My headphones just did a weird thing. Um, with uh, Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is a computer animated uh, character that goes from the computer and, and he's, a, he's a vicious murderer in the computer and he gets out of the computer and comes into real life and Denzel Washington is the convict that they need to go get him oh oh my goodness <laughs> i think i might have to watch it because yeah, i'm like i'm hearing this going oh, maybe i haven't seen it, it, it was it was the coolest movie ever when i would watch it with my brother yeah it is not anymore it shan't be anymore okay um so if you're in the mood for kind of a silly before denzel washington and russell crowe were in their prime <laughs> this is the movie for you cool okay. yeah um, but anyway, the first time I ever did uh, virtual reality was in the '90s, and the last time. And so, yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to try your Oculus. I just thought it was funny that you were saying, you know, now when nobody wants to do real things, they just want to, and like <laughs> you've done you've done the thing. <laughs> but it's true. Like we're uh, we're so marketed to to buy the well, I, I've got the two black rifle coffee mugs here. I'm a victim of marketing completely yeah we all are i'm actually just to the point now where i'm kind of okay with it if i like the company and so black rifle coffee um just announced they're going public uh meaning you can buy stock in black rifle coffee that's cool and their goal is to hire ten thousand vets whoa and so they i like that i like a company that 
Um, he's uh, Evan Hafer's the one of the the what are they what are they called? founders mm-hmm. um, with another non vet guy. They have a bunch of YouTube and all this stuff, but um, I like the company, and so I allow myself to be a victim of their marketing. Mm-hmm. And so we have the grenade coffee mugs here, and we're drinking Black Rifle coffee, even though the podcast itself has its own coffee. Oh my gosh, that's right. <laughs> and we're drinking Black Rifle, which it's only because we're waiting until the rebrand, until mm-hmm. we, we bust open the coffee. We're trying to keep it as fresh as possible. Yeah, we're weeks away, I feel like. Yeah, we're, yeah we, we told everybody that it would have been done by now. Yeah, we lied. We're, we're liars. Whatever. You can't really believe much of what we say. It's, you know how hard it is to remember everything that we say? Like, I'm at such a disadvantage. You know, I'm just saying it. Like, and then everyone else can listen to it like a hundred times. And yeah. And like, then people will be like, oh, remember in uh, podcast this and that? And mm-hmm. you said this. And I'm like, I, I don't. I don't remember I, that. I don't remember that. Oh, I had one of my kids come up and be like, oh, you said that in your podcast. I'm like, okay, I believe you. That sounds like something I'd say. Yep. Sure. Yep. Sounds, I don't remember saying it. Mm-hmm. And then, but then it also gets hard too sometimes when you want to, share stories you and i were talking before the podcast and i thought about uh uh, i know i shared the the somewhat of the story of uh me being in the baghdad airport Mm -hmm. like my longest day of combat but in that uh there's a a small portion where my team was the first to shoot the javelin missile in combat whoa um and i couldn't remember if i shared that part of the story Mm, i don't think you did and and the guy uh davy um davis we called him davy and mm-hmm. yeah, so it's so weird. I don't even know his first name. His last name is Davis. I, if I took a little bit, I would remember. Mm-hmm. But uh, his last name was Davis. We called him Davy. And so Davy was the guy that shot. He he shot uh, one tank. It blew up and blew up the other tank. So we got two Whoa. tanks with one shot. And it was the first one ever in combat. And so when we got back from Iraq, that first deployment, he actually toured military bases around the country. Um and he got a silver star. Like it was, it was amazing. Wow. Um, there's a YouTube video where you can see him. And I'm like, I remember being on the, the overpass mm-hmm. and I'm, the camera was like right next to my head. <laughs> you can never see me. Ah. You can never see me. In it. But like, I'm literally <laughs> like, I could have like, like licked the camera. Like it was so close to my face. Whoa. And so there's a YouTube video, like, I don't know what it's titled, but um, first time javelin combat. Wow. You know, type in that. Because you don't, again, you don't have to do complete sentences when you're searching. No. Have you, have you like resulted to that as an adult when you're searching for stuff? Like, well, I did a research, uh, I did a little research on how to do correct searches. Mm-hmm. So there's a, not correct, but to improve your results that mm-hmm. you get when you try to do searches. So I found out that if you separate words, with commas in the search box. So I'll just, I'll just put words, you know, and then phrases together and then, you know, Montana comma century comma artist comma. Mm-hmm. Yep. Male. And it's, and, and it knows now that it's not, a. am not trying to say a complete sentence. It's, it's separated it and it knows to, I don't know. And it's worked out for a lot, a lot better for me. What I haven't got to is I noticed that when I'm texting with a younger person, mm-hmm. They, they don't use correct grammar or punctuation, punctuation which mm-hmm. I didn't either. I'm looking at my old uh, Facebook posts from 2012 <laughs> and, and earlier. So embarrassing. And I didn't, I didn't even capitalize things because I, I thought, well, I, that will show people that I'm laid back or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, why don't I just capitalize it? It makes it easier to read. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I punctuate 
and use I use better grammar texting than in anything else I do because mm-hmm. you're uh, trying to be clear because right? I'm trying to be very clear about what I'm saying mm-hmm. and uh, and sometimes I actually use improper grammar and punctuation to make my point more clear mm-hmm. does that make sense like I use like ellipses mm-hmm. when I'm really not supposed to but I want them to know hey I'm pausing here for a second mm-hmm. you know and and so sometimes I even use yeah improper grammar but I I yeah, I don't know how sometimes when when I read some of the texts that like my and I'm not like checking my daughter's phone, but she'll like show me a text and I'll read it. And I'll go, this makes zero sense to me. And it's not because it has like a um, slang. Yeah, it's not, it has nothing to do with the slang. It has to do with like, I don't know the tone. Mm-hmm. And then she runs into problems when she's texting with like adults because she has a job now. Right. And everybody <laughs> texts about things. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think my boss is mad. I'm like, and so I read the text and I go, well, you, you're, you're mad right now because you're just putting your emotion on that text. Mm-hmm. I don't think your boss is mad. Because they used a period, right? <laughs> you know, something, something like that. sounds so angry. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, I overuse exclamation points in texting and messaging. Well, that's something that's changed because if you don't use an exclamation point when you really shouldn't, like you're not, you're not yelling or emphasizing these things. It's just to imbue friendliness you right. know because when you now when I, I even i i do it too when i read a text message and it's in just periods and commas how are you yeah or i <laughs> I, I i put their voice I, I narrate their voice even a little annoyed mm-hmm. like yes yes you, i you, already told you so i think i think that's the default setting when you're reading a text from someone is you start out annoyed mm-hmm. and then based on their emojis and punctuation and, and how they use the capitals, right? If something's all caps or whatever, mm-hmm. that's how you start getting emotion out of it. But I think the first is annoyed. Yep. And you're either then going to go down to angry or up to just not annoyed, right? Mm-hmm. And then from not annoyed, you might get into like happy and excited. Mm-hmm. And so exclamation point gets you there very fast. But I'll be like, you know, um, you'll, you'll text me, hey, I bought a new shirt, mm-hmm. right? You've never texted me that, but let's just imagine. Okay. You know, Joe, you Joe sends me, I bought you a new, I bought a new shirt, not me a new shirt. You, you and I bought, I bought myself, myself a, new shirt. a new shirt. And I'll go, way to go, exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in person, if you had, first of all, probably not something you'd even tell me. No. But <laughs> you tell me that, I'll, be, I'll just be like, Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. You know, or we might fist bump about it. Oh, nice shirt. You know, mm-hmm. there's no exclamation. No. I am not exclaiming Mm-mm. that. I'm just merely stating it. It's weird. And so I'm, I'm glad that emojis are now a thing, even though I, in the beginning I was like, I don't like emojis. Even when, even when we were typing them, remember that when you would, when you would do a, a, a colon or a semicolon for a winky face and then a parenthesis yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I still do that sometimes. Yep. Or, or I'll, or I'll, I'll do the, um, I'll sin by just um, re- returning just a letter K, but it's oh. going to be a K with the, with the, with the, the winky, with the winky and the, yeah. So it looks like a face, but with hair, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> <It's a K. laughs> and I thought I was being whimsical. Apparently I'm just, apparently everyone hates you. Everyone hates me. Yeah. Yeah, you don't respond K. Unless you want someone to think that you are pissed. Yeah. Like you K. are super angry. Mm-hmm. K. K. On my way. K. K. Oh, you don't even want to go. No, I don't care. And really, like you're running out the door, so K is what comes out. Mm-hmm. I only had, I was, you know, I was driving and I didn't want to like text, but I just wanted to hit the letter K and send. And I mm-hmm. thought that, okay, mm-hmm. I was at a stop sign or whatever. Yep. <laughs> 
And I, I have also the watch, right? And I can mm-hmm. get texts and respond to texts on my watch. Mm-hmm. The longer the response, the longer it takes on this watch because you can't type on it. Mm-hmm. You can write it and it's one letter at a time mm-hmm. um, or it's like our pre-written responses mm-hmm. or it's emojis. Okay. And so if you're getting just an emoji response from me, mm-hmm. It's more than likely because like my phone is in another room and I'm just responding from my watch. Gotcha. Like I acknowledge. Yep. I acknowledge that you sent me something. And here's an emotion. Yep. That I I'm I'm feeling this. I'm sad about what you sent me or I'm okay. You know, speaking yeah. about this type of communication, I did um I was interested in improving my handwriting. Because you know when you start to get into management and and you get to start signing checks and all that kind of stuff. Um uh, it it was it was brought to my attention that my signature was that of just a squiggly mess of nonsense mm-hmm. and not legal in if you wanted to like you know if I'm signing a check or if I'm signing something for a business mm-hmm. the banker or whoever the accountant was like can you just like make up a signature that looks like that we can read your name even a little bit because mm-hmm. then they wanted to make a stamp for me you know, like a rubber stamp. Things. Yeah. I felt very fancy, but I feel like people could then just steal your signature if like, they just had the stamp. Like that's, yeah, that's that. That's kind of the point of it. Right. Yeah. But so they, someone else can sign all the checks. They, they had to do one of those, um, release of release of whatever. I had to sign Li- liability. And then they had to like email me saying that it was okay. And then I, then I would say, yes, go ahead and stamp my name to that. I think there was a process, but mm. it got me thinking about it because, and then I was, th- I was like, well, should I change my, my signature? Should I, is, does it need an update? Um, and then I looked up on YouTube and there's this lady and she's like, she has this idea that if you change your handwriting, you can change your life. And I was intrigued. I was like, ooh, because it's one of those old timey skills, handwriting, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what she was talking about. And she, the, the first thing she said was like, everyone's writing wrong. You know, you got to get one of these, if you can picture like a drafting table mm-hmm. at an angle, like mm-hmm. 45 degrees, mm-hmm. that would be the perfect way, you know, to like actually write someone with your hand a letter and not, and have everything be ergonomically correct. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and that intrigues me because I was thinking, what, I mean, what gets people's attention more than a handwritten letter in today's digital world? Like oh, if, nothing. Nothing. And, yeah. and who has the time for that? And then once you get out of practice, I mean, I worry about getting something and then writing it out and then, and then mess it up and then having to erase it or writing it in pen and messing it up and then having to crumple it up, you know, a million times. Right. But I'm thinking, you know, there, there is something to that, though, because that's what the person who received it is going to is going to assume like either you take this seriously and you're like a certain kind of person or you took the time to get this right, you know, and do right. rough drafts. Yeah. Right. You write the rough, remember a rough draft. Yep. Remember that? And then you'd line things out and then correct grammar and Out, sh- outline, show it to your grandma and maybe she'd take a red pen to it, red, red pen to it. And then you'd write your final and then you'd send your letter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like if we just did that on that po- on this podcast, we could just like pick pick something and do a letter writing campaign, and I bet you we'd find um, we we could probably just do we could write letters on TikTok <laughs> and do short little reels yeah. of us just writing letters to people, and that and we would be famous. I bet you <laughs> something so, about that. So there's uh, two companies I've bought stuff from that they always put like a sticky note in there that says, Hey, we appreciate your business. Thank you so much. And then like whoever packed it, 
mm-hmm. signs it. Handwritten. You know, mm-hmm. Anna, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you feel a little um, warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And then also like, I'm buying from there again. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm going to spend more money there because they took the time to, to write a letter. And it was, a, I don't want to say a trick, but it was, it was a, uh, in our plan at Childridge that when we would meet uh, with like, you know, uh, I've explained it multiple times and actually, okay, I'm pausing for a second. I've told myself when I hear myself on the podcast say, oh, we've mentioned this before that I need to stop saying that. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be a lot of people on here that either they know that and they're fine that we're repeating it, mm-hmm. or you've listened for the first time and you don't know that. And all I'm doing is taking up useless time. Okay. So I'm going to try to stop saying that. Okay. <laughs> okay. When I worked for Childbridge, we met with pastors, mm-hmm. and our goal was to, to meet with them so we could speak to their congregation about fostering. Mm-hmm. Whenever I would meet with them, within... It, it, it had to be within a couple of days. There was a handwritten thank you card in the mail for their time, uh, whether we, we scheduled something or not. Mm-hmm. There was a handwritten letter. And then anytime somebody you know, donated goods or, or money or time, we hand wrote letters. And then there was almost like uh, an unspoken thing where just every once in a while you'd randomly write someone in the organization, one of your coworkers, a handwritten letter and you'd mail it off to them. Um, just to be like, Hey, on that meeting, you, you did a really good job sharing the story about that family, or, um, I really appreciate your energy. Um, congratulations on, you know, recruiting this many families and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and so you would, and I, I can't express like the difference if you got an email from someone that was four sentences long, Mm -hmm. you're like, you didn't take very much time. If you got a handwritten letter from someone that was two sentences long, mm-hmm. like you felt great the rest of the day. And uh, you, uh, what I would do is I had a folder, and I've, I've had this folder for years now. Anytime I got a handwritten letter for somebody, that card or piece of paper went into that folder. And on a day that I just wasn't motivated, I was feeling down, I'd pull out a few of those and read them because they're, they're just there. I had a, a youth student in Glasgow my, my headphones keep messing up. Like, I can't even hear myself. Can you still hear me? Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. Maybe a connection. Uh, maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they're broken. There, I'm back now. I don't know. Mm, that's not a good sign. Something weird going on. But he would, he would write handwritten letters. And so when we, we, we moved from Glasgow, I got like a three-page handwritten letter from him. Whoa. Just expressing like how much he loved my family and how important certain times, like he picked out these certain times we you know, went on a trip together or whatever. And he just pointed out all these things and how, and he, he did that for like, I think everybody in my family, <laughs> he's, he's, I just spent like a week. Whoa. I still have that letter in my truck. Like Whoa. it's just in my truck. Mm-hmm. So anytime, like, I'm just like, Oh, I just got pulled over. I'm going to pull out that letter letter and read it. Be like, well, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> it's, all okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's <laughs> okay. I got pulled over for speeding or something and I'm, I'm okay now. Cause yeah. Trevor thinks I'm cool. Yeah. You know? Thanks Trevor. Jeez. Um, I don't know if you finished about your weekend. You went down with the kids, Ron Burgundy. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to share about that? Yeah. Let's see what happened. Um, oh, barbecue. We stopped like at barbecue. Yep. I interrupted you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yes, you did. <laughs> yep. P- period. 
No emoji. So you just have to figure out how I feel about that. Uh, Sad face. (laughs) Um, I didn't actually eat any. Um, So the first thing I was doing is I was like, okay, kids, where do we want to go? Let's go. Let's go get some food somewhere. And they're like, ah, Taco Bell, sushi or something. Mm -hmm. And um, as I'm as I'm going down, uh, I, I start to recognize this road and I can't remember why. I'm like, why does this place seem so familiar to me? And out of the corner of my eye, I see this thing called the Purple Burrito, which is one of those, um, it's an exact replica of an Eriberto or Roberto's, one of those fast food um, Mexican places. And it's like, and the people came from San Diego. So it is exactly what I remember eating when I was living there. So I was right. like, oh, Purple Burrito, urge. And we, so we go over there. It's closed. The kids are laughing at me. We go find another place, uh, get some burgers, bears. Um, but one of the places I wanted to go and stay was called, uh, I can't remember what it's called, uh, tuition, college tuition. And then the other place is called the J-O-B because what had happened is his, um, his parents had saved up some money for this person to go to college. And, um, and so <laughs> he didn't want to go to college. He just wanted to open up this burger joint. Right. And so he called the joint like college tuition or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then he opened up another place because his parents were mad that he didn't get a job. You know, so he named the restaurant Job. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And they're excellent burgers. You know, they're like kind of that smashed style. Yep. Yep. So I, you know, they're so great. So I didn't get to have those either, but I was, I was in search of all this good food. We ended up having some great food. Um, We, had some sushi. That's really cool that my kids are into sushi. I love doing that. Um, and then... What, they're like 11. Yeah. 11. They're, like, they're like 12. 12. And, okay. And so one of them is like super, super, like in, like that's their favorite food. Piper's favorite food is sushi. So I get to have sushi too. My favorite food. That's kind of cool. It's not a common thing for someone under the age of 20 to really... Not that it's impossible, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people under the age of 20 that like sushi. Yeah, I did the... I did the thing where you bring your kids everywhere and you mm-hmm. you to force them to try things even mm-hmm. if they don't like it. I mean, and I said, you can't just try it one time. You know, your taste buds are going to change. You're going to try it like 15 times. And then if you don't like it, sure, fine. I'm not going to force it down your throat. But um, Piper really, really got liked all types of sushi too. Like any, any roll, nearly any, like maybe not a slab of raw fish. I think she's, you know, likes the specialty rolls and things like mm-hmm. that. But just, mm-hmm. but just is over the moon. You know, loves the stuff and with the green tea and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm so proud, you know. And the, what do they call it? Uh, a lot of them have the boba tea with like the balls yeah, of whatever. It's like their favorite thing. So yeah. we, we actually went to a boba tea shop or whatever. In and the, they have like the huge straws that can yep. suck the, the balls of, what what, is, what are the balls of? It's like, um, like a gelatin. What's that? It's like a tapioca. Okay. You know what I mean? One of those yeah. little, those little like balls. A, yep. So that's what it, it, it kind of chewy mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. And they can be different flavors. But with this one, they had like ones that were um, kind of like little really, really thin. You know, those candies called the gushers. Mm-hmm. Just filled with juicy flavor. So that's what we had. And it was, that was really cool. So you'd be drinking this whatever juicy tea sort of stuff. And then uh, the little boba balls would be filled with like a gusher-esque whatever flavor but you said sushi flavor uh like an explosion of fish in your mouth no it was a different flavor so one was okay. kiwi mine was okay. rose so i must have i must have misheard you because i'm like that wouldn't be good no that if it was like fish, like oil fish oil that came out, came out of there it'd be healthy unless it was like a savory soup i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right, right yeah yeah 
Um, I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack for just a second. Uh, I wrote it down cause I didn't want to interrupt yet again, but Lamar Burton, Lamar Burton, boom. I knew I could get it. <clears throat> you, you gave me one clue with the B, mm-hmm. but I got it. And now I'm remembering that there is like a snowboarding company that's like Burton, 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 Burton boards. Cool. You can get like Burton coats mm-hmm. and gloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember them being, yeah, weren't they popular? Burton was the thing for a while. I don't really keep, keep track and I, I'm not up on the, the fashion world, you know, yeah. of snowboarders. I think they look cool, by the way. You guys yeah. look cool. Yeah. They've done a good job. But I've never been that. I went snowboarding one time when I was in uh, advanced PE in high school, mm-hmm. and we went uh, we went to the ski hill, and I I had skied many times, mm-hmm. downhill skied, and uh, I was dating this girl. I'm currently married to her, uh, and she had only snowboarded, and she's like, "Well, like you got to snowboard." Yeah, I was like, "Okay," and she took me up to the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. and it starts out in moguls. Mm-hmm. Uh, steep moguls. Uh. I was like, all right, go ahead. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and I pretty much slid down the entire mountain on my bottom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm done snowboarding that ever. That wasn't, that wasn't fun. Yeah. But I don't mind like the snowboarding shoes and, and like the look of everything. Mm-hmm. Way more comfortable than the, the snowboarding or skiing boots mm-hmm. and how skiers look. Yeah. Right. I think I would try. I'm never going to try skiing again. I've been scarred, you know, so I, I got it like it's someone, you know, when I went there, they I put on the wrong boots and that my feet were hurt oh, for like a year. Yeah. And so now I have a, I'm just not, I'm not going to do that again, but I do want to do um, snowboarding because up at showdown, they'll give me free lift tickets uh, for playing music up there. And if I want, I can get a couple extra. Usually um, if anyone wants to come and do it with me and they'll pay for lessons if you're like want someone to show you how to do it you know a few times before you go up there and then the lift ticket and everything so and all the equipment you can all rent for free so so my problem with snowboards first of all that would be fun and i haven't i haven't do it Mm -hmm. i haven't skied in probably seven years but i like skis because your legs move independently of each other Mm -hmm. and you can pizza pizza Mm -hmm. pie Mm -hmm. or you know whatever they call it where you just bring the tip of the skis to the front of you and you can slow yourself down yeah i don't know what you do on a snow i mean i know you're like supposed to like like lay back a little bit Mm -hmm. you know to slow down but like i don't i think people that snowboard are more better than i am i don't even know how to i don't know what i can say there's something about them that's different than me and and it it seems like it's more relaxed. Mm, it's and just, there there is a stance, you know. You you've got to have your knees bent and your weight kind of back. And then with the edge of your board, let's say I'm using my phone here, you kind of like if you lean it back, well then it's going to be yeah. It's like a snowplow, right? But then you kind of gotta like have that. Well, am I going to lean this way or lean that way? Yeah, you know to how are you going to do it? Once you get the feel, it's okay. Like I had a. Um, I was dating somebody years ago that was a, a snowboarder instructor. And mm-hmm. so she wanted to go and um, do some snowboarding. And I was like, okay. And uh, I fell all day. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think I toppled over her a couple times, which was hilarious because she was only like 120 pounds or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But what I did notice is once I kind of got the feel of it, I was like, oh, okay, I understand what we're supposed to do. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, And I was like, okay, that's cool. But by that time, my legs are so burnt. 
Yeah. I can't even barely walk or stand after a couple passes. You and, know? It's, and it's not like riding a bike. <clears throat> no, everything is new. Yeah. Like, so as soon as you get out there, like it takes you like 10 times to where you can get out there and you're like, I know the feel right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But like you, you gain it and it's something that you can like lose mm-hmm. is like the feel for it. And I feel like skateboarders are kind of similar surfers, you know, these, these mm-hmm. board things you can do to sports. Um, very similar. Even like golfing. Golfing is like a feel. And so I'm yeah. not, if it's a feel and it's not like more of like an exact science, like I feel like the pie is just like do the pie. Mm-hmm. Right? I understand. I understand pie. that. Um, but with the board, it's like you just got to feel it. You just, gotta, <laughs> just like you were explaining it. You're like, uh-huh. you know, you just, I, I understand the science of it, mm-hmm. but there's a feel to the science. You just got to kind of lean back and trust. Trust is a hard thing for me mm-hmm. uh, with inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. I trust people like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, inanimate objects not so much or myself yourself uh, not so much them yeah and i think i have a control issue mm-hmm. i like to be in control so I, I really like to be the one driving when we're going someplace and if someone else is driving i'm like you should turn left here mm-hmm. you know your blinkers are not you know i'm at least thinking those things i may not be saying them mm-hmm. oh you're riding that line a little too tight you know like I'm, I'm just so but if it's me i wouldn't even notice if i crossed over the line you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so i just I, there's a control thing and i feel with a snowboard i'm kind of out of control i'm not in control mm-hmm. and so the same thing like parachuting you've got to go with somebody you got to go like tandem right you got to right. go have somebody oh i've got to have a complete and he's not an inanimate object so it might be even actually easier for me to parachute but mm-hmm. still like someone else packed this parachute mm-hmm. <laughs> i would never trust myself to pack a parachute and so i have to trust somebody to to make it and pack it for me and so there's just a level of trust that i think i don't have in in myself and others Mm, that was kind of a that was kind of a tangent all right what else happened this weekend besides eating Mm. at closed restaurants what did happen you guys went trick-or-treating oh i went to um it was weird to fly so the flight down there was um, just fine, no big deal. I almost missed the flight. I had to run in the Denver airport, you know, get on the tram. Because your your flight into Denver came in, get, came in so late. close, or yeah. it came in late. Yeah, yeah. When I got on the plane, the the first guy was like, "Are you the one we're waiting for?" <laughs> I've done that before. It's not. It's uncomfortable because everybody's sitting down. Yeah, we're like, we're waiting on you. <laughs> they already have drinks. Yeah, and I came in there. Oh, sorry, I had to wait in line for Chick Fil A. <laughs> chick-fil-a just took so long you guys didn't want any fries i didn't I, bring enough for everybody you you've flown out of the country um i've noticed flying out of guatemala flying out of africa flying out of a few other places outside the country a lot of times people bring large amounts of food with them mm-hmm. that they have bought like outside the airport mm-hmm and there was a there was a fried chicken place in Guatemala. It seemed like everybody wanted to bring into Arizona because that's what you would fly into, like Mesa maybe or something, like mm-hmm. Tucson. I, I can't remember where Arizona, you know, Phoenix. Uh, yeah, Phoenix Mesa. It's like, yeah, right there. Mm-hmm. And and in Guatemala, every Guatemalan would have these boxes of fried chicken. Had to have 30, 40 pieces of chicken, and that's what was taking up the space in the overhead storage <laughs> really? was this fried chicken and it was the same thing in africa there was there was like food and i'm like i thought like the problem in africa was not having food but it seems like everybody wants to bring the food out 
Mm-hmm. Like this is really good food that we have here <laughs> yeah. that other people want to try. Yeah, yeah. And so was that a was that a was that a thing leaving uh, Miss Sourai? Did people have have food? Because you mentioned Chick Fil A, so I'm just wondering if people people brought food. Oh no, no, no one was bringing food. Um, I did have a, a pretty long layover um, coming back, which was fun. I don't really have long layovers usually, and so mm-hmm. this one I had like four hours, mm-hmm. and it was about three or four o'clock. So I was like, "Oh, I can have like a little dinner and sit at a bar and chat with people. You yeah. know, that'll be fun." Yeah. And um, I had a great sandwich at a place called Snarfs, and I was like, <laughs> "Perfect name." Snarf, snarf. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that on a podcast. I yeah. think Snarf, 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 Snarf. <laughs> yeah, from the um, Thundercats, and I was like, "Gotta have one of those." And that it was one of those places that was like. I got a prime rib sandwich, um, but it had like, you know, those places that put like that, um, the oil and maybe the, I can't, vinegar and oil on it and they'll put like oregano on it too, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of like a Blimpies. Remember Blimpies? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy John's puts like some oil on there. They don't do the, all uh, the seasonings, but they have like an oil and a mayonnaise kind of thing they do on there too. Gotcha. Well, that's what it was. And it was just like, oh my gosh, that and a little um, locally brewed beer for only $8.90. <laughs> Um, where were you? Where piece. was the layover? Uh, I was in Denver. In Denver, so you came back the same way you left. Yep. Which is a weird thing in Montana. Not not always do you come back the same way you leave. Mm-hmm. It's unusual. You either it, not unusual. The typical thing is that you either have zero layover and you're like running, like Joe expressed, or you have somewhere between a four and eight hour layover somewhere mm-hmm. because Montana is just such a small area. Yeah. And so um, I was sitting there with my um, TikTok videos that. Mm-hmm. I just get so boring after a little while. And I mm-hmm. was like, and so I put down my phone and I decided to just talk. I just looked over and I was like, Hey, what's your name? You know, this to this guy that was sitting there trying to you know look at his TikTok videos. <laughs> and uh, he's like, Oh, my name's whatever. And he was, uh, turns out he was a welding inspector. You know, he travels all around and I was like, Oh, and we talked about welding a little bit. I know absolutely nothing, but it was fun to talk with him. And another guy was listening to our conversation and um, he heard that I, I was in the Marines and showed me a picture of um, what was the name of that hill uh you said it was zima but i don't think that's actually what the hill is so that's what you said and you said oh thank you and then as you described the story i don't think that's where that was at but maybe it was so that famous picture of um the the four marines uh, putting up the the flag um on the top of you know after d-day or whatever you know that real famous picture he showed me the there was another picture right after that of his uncle holding it you know the flag and he, he kind of talked about how his uncle was complaining about how that picture was staged and you know the people were still firing at them and how he he didn't like that and i was like yeah that's exactly how the marine corps was i remember not liking things like that exactly <laughs> so it was fun because like i was chatting with people and that guy was he said that he uh, worked for like the one of the biggest companies in the United States, and um, what they did was they um, they mostly got government contracts, like like huge millions, and he might have even said one point three billion, just a, a huge contract. And what he did was all the office furniture, and he's like, "You probably never heard of our business, but we do millions, millions, millions of dollars with the government and other people." And they actually own the company that do all of the leather, like the hand-stitching leather for like, well, I can't remember if it's Ferrari or Lamborghini or whatever. He's like, we own two leather companies that just do the upholstery that, that and we do it for them. And I was like, wow. whoa, so you're not just like, you're not just like the, the crappy office chairs. He's like, oh no, we have the most high end that you can get, 
you know, so the, the people making the big bucks in their offices and those chairs. Yeah. That's what we're doing. And I was like, whoa. Did you ask him to come on the podcast? I gave him my card and I was like, <laughs> you guys probably do corporate events. And <laughs> right. here's my card. Uh, give me a ring. I'll do some music for you. And then uh, I gave my card to that welder. And then the next guy that sat down, he was from Denver flying out to, um, I think it was Florida or something like that. And his job was to set up um, grow rooms for um, dispenser marijuana dispensaries or cannabis dispensaries. We're totally doing a podcast about this, by the way. It was so cool because he was, and I was like, "Whoa!" So you you basically go in, and the the business people have their plan, and you're the one that's like, "Well, here's how we're going to use our space the most efficiently yeah. to grow the most product." You know, because it costs thousands of dollars in you know electricity and 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 fertilizer and all the stuff. Right. You know, you don't want to put in all that effort and then have everything turn brown. You know. Yeah, And I was like, that is an interesting job to have. He seemed very happy with his life. <laughs> so uh, raising the flag on Iwo Jima, Iwo Jima is an iconic photograph of six United States Marines raising the U.S. flag atop Mount Surubachi during the Battle of Iwo Jima. Mm-hmm. In the final stages of the Pacific War, the photograph taken by Joe Rosenthal of the Associated Press on February 23rd, 1945. Whew, man. It was first published in the newspapers two days later. Man. And uh, he went on to win the Pulitzer Prize for photography. Dang. I mean, it's kind of an iconic Yeah, photo. it's very iconic. Back and then, you met the brother? I met the... Nephew? Yeah, I met the nephew of the sixth guy. Yeah, I guess. Like, the, like the guy like just <laughs> off the... Yeah, so it's like my story of like, you could go watch this YouTube video, but mm-hmm. you're never going to see me. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, what he said. He's like, well, I got a, this picture, but I wasn't in that famous one. I didn't want to be either because, you know... It was probably a rough day that day. Yeah, I was going to say, probably a rough day. There was a, there was a one photograph, too, that was used of, uh, like, the Baghdad airport. Um, and my some guys from my unit were taking their picture. This is right before combat started. Mm-hmm. Because we kind of thought when we got into the airport that we had taken over already. Um, and like, we kind of hey, forgot we that, win. like, we're at the front line. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, we had just barely gotten into the airport. And we kind of... We had this misunderstanding because it's a communication. You really don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we already took it because there's the sign. And so it, it literally said Saddam International Airport. Mm-hmm. And they got their picture by the Saddam International Airport. And that was kind of circulated a little bit. But at the time when they were doing pictures, I was like, this is so lame. <laughs> like, I, I'm not going over there. I was invited. I could have. I could have been in that picture. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, you know, like that. <laughs> and then now, 20 years later, uh, 19 years later, I'm like, Dang it. I should have done that. Why didn't I do the cheesy photos with everyone? Because they all have great photos. Mm-hmm. And I was always just like, no. Like, I don't want to be in your, your dumb photo. And so I guess that's another, if we're changing people's lives, be in the photos, people. Be in the photo. And it was different. We didn't have, like, cell phones. Mm-hmm. And every moment we were taking pictures. But the disposable Kodiak, Kodak, um, <laughs> Kodiak like the bear, <laughs> Kodak um, disposable cameras we had those and those those actually came in care packages too yeah people would send us those and then you get back home and you'd develop them and i i had a bunch i I don't know where they went they're probably in one of these boxes here Mm -hmm. i have like a whole you know thing i'm not in any of the pictures i'm taking them so (laughs) like there's that too (laughs) there's no real proof i think no, nope. I, was, I was ever in Iraq. Maybe you could reach out to your old battle buddies and be like, "Did you ever take any pictures of me?" <laughs> you were like, snap something. I've got a couple. We had uh, this one time in the we were in the Baghdad banking district, and we had these um, 
uh, there's a a reporting agency uh, called like Reuters. Oh yeah, um, and, and Reuters came in. Uh, they were they were going to do a, you know a story on taking Baghdad, Baghdad, and they brought like six volunteers with them. All those volunteers had satellite phones, and so it was like the first picture I got to or picture first uh, time I got to call my wife. But then uh, they took a picture of us that day, and it was just kind of us kind of milling around the behind this this Bradley in the Baghdad banking district, and that's a really one of those like iconic photos mm-hmm. um, that that our unit kind of used was you know me like smoking a cigarette. I think I was like 160 pounds at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody looking rough. Yeah, and like I I wouldn't want to fight me, right? Oh, yeah. Like from That's that right. picture, I'm like oh, I don't want to fight me. Yeah, I look tough. Yeah. Do you remember the weird cigarettes you'd get out there? Like, um. Um. Like oh, Kentuckians or like I'd never heard of some of these brands before. And oh, so uh, this is another Lamar Burton for me. Yeah. I know that I can come up with it. Mavericks, <laughs> I remember the Mavericks. Um, oh, uh, Sonoma. We had, Sonoma. We had we had Sonomas, but it's because um, my buddy somehow he knew what was going to happen. Right, that we were going over to Kuwait and we were going to actually assault into Iraq. Like he like uh-huh. knew this, and we weren't going to get mail for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. He brought twenty six cartons of cigarettes with him must have made a million dollars out there okay and so like a month later everyone's out of cigarettes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's the only one and he has like cartons cartons upon cartons left Mm -hmm. i don't know how much he was selling cartons for but he and i was like his best friend Mm -hmm. i could get one cigarette from him a day that's it (laughs) and and because he was selling them for so much in basic training i sold um uh because it's a kind of a long story but i I'm going to shorten it as much as I can. I shot the best out of anybody in my unit mm-hmm. um, on the day we qualified for our rifle and basic training. I shot expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, just lucky. 40 out of 40. And so they gave me every Sunday off after that. And I think I've shared this before, but every Sunday off, I, so I said I wasn't going to say that. See? I keep doing it. It's like a tick. Yeah, it is. It's like a, a, a yeah, it's like a tick. Mm-hmm. Anyway... <laughs> I would be able to then go to where they would sell tobacco to the the bald new recruit, right? Oh, That's yeah. like the shaven head. Okay. They knew not to sell that when you're near the, the basic training area. Mm-hmm. But when you get into the main base, they sell it to anybody. So I can get logs of dip. Oh, mm-hmm. And then when I'd get back, well, on my, before I'd get back, I'd like take the dip out and put it into these little pieces of notebook paper and fold them up. And so I'd sell like one dip. And I could sell those for anywhere from five to twenty dollars a piece. Dang! And so I, I made some money in basic training. That's I think I good. came home with like, not including what they like end up paying you for going to basic training. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, when you go to basic training, day two they give you all your clothes, mm-hmm. and then they charge you for it. Yeah. So your first paycheck, like, yeah, it's gonna be a thousand dollars. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It ends up being like two hundred bucks mm-hmm. because they took out like. $800 in clothing and boots and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so frustrating. That probably stung. But I think I came home with like 1200 bucks from basic training. Dang. Don't tell anybody. It's got to be past the time that they're allowed to prosecute me for something like that, right? I hope so. <laughs> what is that called when you're... When you're statute of limitations. Yeah, statute of limitations. It's got to be past that by now. Right? Yeah, uh, one would hope. So while you were gone... Um, I this year uh, just a little update from hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, two main things. Uh, I've I've now I've gotten an antelope doe. I think we talked about. 
I got a muley doe with my bow. Mm. I got a muley doe with my rifle. And then I got uh, a whitetail buck Saturday Whoa. with my rifle. And so four deer. And so the, it's been a lot of, um, as we call, meat processing. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if you guys are listening and you follow me on Instagram, like you've seen all of it. Mm-hmm. I had a really good story yesterday of like grinding meat and making um, kielbasas. It was our first time like making like, hey, yeah, like um, hot dogs, sausages, whatever you want to call it. But like mm-hmm. in the casing mm-hmm. and then put them on my smoker for a couple hours Whoa. and then we're going to freeze them and we'll have like Cajun style whitetail buck kielbasas. Whoa. And I've made the... Uh, I, I was looking right when you got here to have you try it, mm-hmm. but because my kids absolutely love deer jerky, mm-hmm. it all of the stuff that isn't frozen is eaten. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all gone. Mm-hmm. And I was going to try to give you some, but we froze a bunch of it because uh, it's kind of going to be like my uh, surprise. This is what you're getting for Christmas. Um, gotcha. This is what you're going to get from me for Christmas, Joe. Is some some jerky. Sweet. Um, when when you uh, are taking apart an animal. For butchering, so it's the same thing you would do with a, a cow or a pig, not not fowl, not a bird of any type, but mm-hmm. but out of a, a four legged animal you eat. There's a, the back strap, mm-hmm. and it runs on either side of the backbone on the top. Uh, some of the most tender meat on the animal. The only other meat that's that's a little bit more tender is called the inside tenderloins, and it's on the underside of the backbone, kind of near the hip. Gotcha. Kind of back there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it rides above all of the the gut, you know, um, and uh, all of that. And, you, you, and it's small. It's a little teeny, teeny cut, and that's really tender. I've decided that all of my back straps I'm turning into jerky. Ooh. Dude. Tender. Dude. And uh, so we, we, uh, we cure it in the seasoning for 24 hours. And so it just sits in the freezer, just like, just like, you got to have like this salt that like makes it so the jerky can last a little longer Mm -hmm. and cure salt. It's pink, pink salt. Okay. And it's got to sit in there for at least four hours to kind of kill the bacteria and do some things like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but we do 24 hours. So it gets a nice marinade in the, in the seasoning. And then it goes on my smoker at the lowest setting I can get for six hours. Ooh. And dude. The smell is probably pretty oh, good. Smells so good, mm-hmm. and uh, the taste is amazing. And so I, I wish I wasn't talking about this like in such a a descriptive way for you right now when I don't have a piece of jerky to give you. I'm also starving. <laughs> that doesn't help at all either. So hungry. I could warm you up uh, a sausage. I could do that. I don't. I haven't tried one yet. I don't know how good they're going to be. Um, but I could warm you up one. Uh, either a Polish or a Cajun. Those are the two seasonings that we did. Yeah, I could stick around for that. Okay. <laughs> I've got a dentist appointment. Ooh, yeah. But yeah, we've At got two. time. We've got time. Um, so, uh, so then the most exciting part, though, mm-hmm. happened last night. And uh, about three o'clock, I went back. Uh, you know where Augusta is? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Augusta, for those of you that aren't from Montana that are listening, Augusta is 50. 50 minutes west of Great Falls, and it's on what we call the Rocky Mountain Front. And so the, the Rocky Mountains are like like right there. They're so close. Yeah, they're so close to Augusta. And Augusta is just this, I mean, I would just call it a small hunting town, but it's uh, mm-hmm. ag agriculture um, over there. Uh, a small so, township. Yeah, very mm-hmm. small. Um, and uh, 
And so in Augusta, there's, it's also um, very close to a couple wintering ranges for elk. And so it's, it, I call it a hunting town because lots of people go over there to try to, try to get elk mm-hmm. that come down for wintering. And uh, so when you get a, a snowstorm like we had while you were gone, it snowed a little bit, uh, especially over in Augusta. Uh, um, when I got my, my buck, there was about half an inch of snow on the ground. It's all melted. But last night I went back because there were, I have a, a specific tag over there. And the way Montana breaks down their tags is we have seven regions in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in region four right now. Region four is broke up in districts like the Hunger Games. Um, and so if your district starts with whatever number it starts with, that's the region you're in. Mm-hmm. So um, the hunting district 405 is that direction. And I'm pointing northeast of Great Falls. Okay. So at 405, I have three muley deer doe tags for over there. Hey. In uh, 444, which is where Augusta's at, still region four, I have a doe, white-tailed doe tag. And so they, they do this because in each area... There's different amount of deer. There's different amount of um, public land. There's different amount, and and they have like this uh, the standard for healthy living for both humans and and deer to cohabitate. Mm-hmm. And so if the numbers get too big, they're like, hey, we need to take out some of the females in the population because essentially when you take out a female, you're taking out for the next year. You could be taking out you know essentially like three or four deer because mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to reproduce. Mm-hmm. If you take out a male. Um, I, I don't know why they, I guess, I guess I don't know. Cause a male can breed with multiple females and mm-hmm. they're going to do that anyway, regardless of how many females there are, I guess. That's true. And so you take out the females. So anyway, I have a, it's called a surplus doe tag. And, uh, so it's, it, but it's only good over there. So I got to drive an hour from home to, to be able to fill this tag. I just can't fill it anywhere in Montana. And so I was like, I'm going to take my 10 year old. And so you were talking about how like you just like to do things with your kids. Mm-hmm. As do I. Um, and we have, we have kind of an age gap in our house. And so all of my kids are, are teenagers or, you know, my, my son is going to have a baby any day now, mm-hmm. married on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, my eldest biological daughter, this is her senior year. Mm-hmm. My eldest uh, foster daughter, this is her senior year. Mm-hmm. And then the next is uh, 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 my uh, foster daughter who's 14 and a sophomore. And then you got this 10-year-old, right? Uh-huh. And since she was five, she's been hanging out with teenagers. And so all the teenagers don't like hanging out with parents. Mm. And so you're getting close yeah. where your girls are going to be like, mm, I'd rather be hanging with friends. Yeah. And this is the first Halloween that we have not taken her trick-or-treating because she went with friends, Whoa. our 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of bestrucken. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang. Yeah. And so her and I went out to go get a white-tailed doe. And we drive an hour in the vehicle together. Uh I usually listen to podcasts. And when I have my teenagers, we listen to podcasts together, whatever they happen to be. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I try to pick one that I know will be interesting to them as well, you know. And so I put one on that I think might be interesting to my 10-year-old. And uh, she immediately starts talking (laughs) and does not stop Mm. for the full hour drive out to this this hunting land. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that, though. Like, I I just want to listen. And she has some amazing ideas for art that she wants to do Uh thoughts on um buttes right the 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 landmark of a butte we saw many buttes that she wanted to point out Uh and uh and then we 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 get out and uh we start walking and i kind of know instantly that we're not going to get a deer because there's just there's there's no deer i can kind of see that but i still want to spend some time with my daughter Uh so we walk over and i'm like we could wait right here a deer might you know, 
eventually like move in and she's like well why don't we go up on top of that that hill right there <laughs> and i was i was kind of excited because oh. i'm like that, that's what i would do if you weren't here uh-huh. but i don't want to like make her walk a bunch and it's probably two three hundred feet of elevation kind of steep yeah and she's like let's do it let's and so go. we get up to the top and we're looking around and she's asking questions she's finding little bones she's pointing out um deer poop to Whoa. me oh this is deer poop here this is cow you know, you know, and she's doing all that. Really excited, proud, right? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, can we walk over there? And I'm like, yes, yes, we can. And mm-hmm. we walk over and there's no deer over there. And then I, I turn to her and I say, um, well, we can walk and look again where we've already been. You know, it's probably been 15 minutes and there's a chance a deer could have come in at that time. Or we can just, it, it'd be quicker just to walk back to the truck now based on where we're at. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, dad, um, I want more bonding time. So let's walk over there. I almost started crying, right? I was just like, that's my girl. That Mm -hmm. is my girl. Mm -hmm. So then we get in the truck. No, no deer. But she's got her, it's a broken hip bone that she's bringing back with her. It's kind of small. It came from a baby animal. Mm -hmm. Um, But we we deduced, while we were walking and she had to be quiet, she thought it was an eye, (laughs) like an eye socket. And I was like, no, no, that's not not what it is. It's, you know, um, the hip bone. And and kind of showed her how it worked and all that stuff. And she's got that. And we get in the car and it's, it's now dark. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I know having kids hunt with me before that if the, the ride is dark, either going to the place we're going or coming back, they're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so I just turn the podcast on. I'm like, it's okay. You can go to sleep. Even though it's like only 630 at night. Um, and so as she like reclines back her seat, she reaches her little hand, her little 10-year-old hand over and rests it in my um, elbow pit. Mm-hmm. for the whole hour ride. Aww. And so it was an incredible bonding moment with my daughter. It was the best. It was the best bonding moment. And it's not very often you can bring... I, I, a lot of times I'm walking a very long distance mm-hmm. and uh, I may not be as successful if I bring my 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Right, because she might not be able to keep up. If I need to go running, she might be a little loud. If we need to be quiet, mm-hmm. that makes two people instead of one. It kind of, you know, it might hinder the successfulness. And and not that we we can always buy cows, mm-hmm. but when you've invested in hunting equipment, mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of need to get deer so that you're not also then buying a cow. You're not buying rifle and ammunition and camouflage clothing and gas in your truck and a cow. And then also a cow. <laughs> so if, if you're just going to buy a cow, great, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I suggest buying it from a, a locally sourced area. You know that the animals aren't abused. That's really what, that's one of the main reasons that got me into hunting is some of the practices that, that farmers, ranchers have with animals like those um, big factory not farms. not so much in montana yeah um cattle in montana are treated pretty well and they outnumber humans yeah but um you get into like a pig farms especially are some of the worst um and so anyway uh it's, it's kind of nice to be successful so there's many times i don't take her just for the fact that like i kind of really need to get something but now i've i've, I've gotten four animals mm-hmm. we, our freezer starting to get full i'm like now i can take her and I, I want to have that bonding time. And so it was just, it was just fantastic. That's awesome. It was, fan, it was fantastic. It was a great time. So, I, mean, I wanted to share that with you. Well, that was awesome. Um, I, I had the same sort of um, bonding time with my daughters. And um, it was pretty cool because we stayed, stayed in an Airbnb. Um, and so it was in kind of a, 
um, Augusta esque little township. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe you know, a little bigger of a grocery store or something like that. But so, anyways, we go out there, and um, we're staying in this place, and we got the. It's like this. I don't know. I guess it was uh, some guy's shop. He's into woodworking. And um, he turned his shop, which is about the size of this garage, I guess, that we're in a two-car garage. And he turned it into basically a tiny little house. And when you went in, it was, like, really, really nice. I mean, uh, yeah. the, it was so small. But you walk in, and there's a TV. There's a, a, there's a couch and a Lazy Boy and another fold-out couch. And then there's a um, one of these upright pianos even i was like whoa piano that's cool and then right behind that you got this kitchen area which was just fine and then out on the deck you got the he had these rope lights out there and he, yeah. he made it look all zen like yeah 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 and like you go out there and like no kidding there's this koi pond you know and in his in his backyard about you know i, I don't know the size of eight eight bathtubs let's say <laughs> <I can't. laughs> it's so weird how americans measure things the size of we uh, refuse to use metric yeah eight bathtubs that's how big it was and and the 86 <laughs> ice cream tubs <laughs> how big the backyard was <laughs> and so um i'm like really impressed with this because i wasn't expecting it you know we're kind of in southern missouri in a bible belt you know right and but the people were so nice. Um, they live in a place that's kind of you. There would be a walkway, and then there's their deck and their house, you know. And so when we came back that night, they were outside sitting around this little fire and having little tiki torches out there and having a little beer. And it, they looked like a couple in their I don't know fifties or sixties, let's say. Right. And they said, "Hello, if you want to join us, come around." And so me and Clover decided to go and sit with them. And Piper was feeling a little tired and shy, so she yeah, sat in yeah. the house. And um, we found out that the owner, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name, but he um, is a woodworker that uh, specializes in like crown molding. And so um, he works with a design company. And what the design company does is they have clients like, I can't remember the last name, so I'll just guess. Let's say it's the Wilkes Brothers. Mm -hmm. I think they're in Lewistown. And there's a kind of a little little skirmish in Lewistown because apparently these, I, I might be misquoting the name. So a couple brothers from Texas with lots and lots of money, um, decided to buy up all of the land and buy it up and block all the public um, public hunting land from, mm-hmm. from the town. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course, the, the, local, the locals didn't like that. And so <laughs> and it was just interesting because, like, you know, this place that um, just an Airbnb, just random place, I just decided to, to have was the right price. It looked kind of OK. Yeah. He said he's like, where are you from? And I told him he's like, oh, I just got back from Montana, you know, because yeah. I yeah. do jobs up there for these brothers. Yeah. And also he just got back from um, he's doing stuff and building a huge mansion in uh, Big Sky. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I know Lewistown. I know Big Sky. And we got to, like, there was a connection there. And so he mentioned how, um, and he said, I think he said he might be retired or whatever, but, and uh, he doesn't mind the money and the travel's kind of fun. And he really, really loves Montana. It is the Wilkes Brothers. Was it? Yeah. Oh, my God. It is the Wilkes Brothers. And I've been on their ranch um, for a veteran hunt. They let veterans come in and hunt um, cow elk. That was another part that he said. Um, he said that they're not all bad, you know. Like they, I guess they tried to kind of make nice with the town. Even offered to do a. Um, they were going to build an airport. You they know what they I mean? do have an airport, but it's private. But since the town was kind of like not liking them, I don't know. Maybe they got wind of that, and they were like, "Well, to heck with you guys. We'll build our own airport that yep. you can't use." Yep. And we're going to take all this hunting land. 
that, yeah. that we and, can because it was for sale. Sorry. And I've never, they're the largest landowners in Montana. Ooh, the Wilkes Brothers. Yeah. 250,000 acres, isn't it? It's so much. Yeah. You can look up on YouTube, um, helicopter in Montana elk hunt. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so there's some land that they, you can't drive there, mm-hmm. but oh, some of the wealthier um, hunters or sponsored hunters mm-hmm. will helicopter in because the amount of elk that the Wilkes brothers have on their land, mm-hmm. the, the two days I spent out there, even now, if you added the elk I've seen since then, which was about three mm-hmm. years ago, I saw more elk in those two days than if you added up all the elk I ever saw in my entire life, including going to Yellowstone. So there's probably, I mean, I'm getting the idea of why they're not well-liked locally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They're not well-liked. And I have another rumor. I wonder if you could not confirm the rumor for me, but just let me know if if this was happening, which we cannot confirm because it's a rumor, would it be a bad thing? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the rumor is that the Wilkes brothers uh, may or may not have taken um, a lot of those aforementioned elk and put them on a truck. Oh, they definitely could have. And now they are in Texas. Absolutely. Our elk are now in Texas. Yeah. And and I Uh, thought to myself, the thing that kind of bothered me is like, well, wait a minute. Us Montanans who are taxpayers, like those are our elk. Right. And so, and so that's the thing is they would have to get the proper licensing because Mm. um, it's, it's not whoever owns the land Mm -hmm. that they own. We talked about this um, because like in Europe, Mm -hmm. whatever animals are on your land, you own those animals. Right. So if they did that, no no big whoop. Right. But in, mm-hmm. in America, those animals are owned by everyone. And so they mm-hmm. can't just, because the elk are on their land, just take them. Mm-hmm. They would have to get the proper licensing and permission. The problem is, is they are so wealthy, mm-hmm. it's not very hard for them to get the proper licensing and permission. They're probably just like, while they're taking the governor out for his third hunt that month, they probably asked him for the paperwork or something. Right. Okay. And so what <laughs> recently just happened um, with the Wilkes brothers is, um, you know, it, it's almost like a trade date for like NFL trades or... Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball or whatever, it's like, oh, by this date. And so there was a, a a date that was coming up that all of the legislation for hunting seasons had to be done. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was for this year or next year, but it was just a few weeks ago that, you know, all the changes that are going to come for 2022 hunting season need to be in by this date. Mm-hmm. And so at like 11 o'clock at night, a bill was passed that's pretty much just for the Wilkes brothers mm-hmm. that they... Um, I can't remember what it was, but essentially that like they could get more tags and bring in more guest hunters than what is normally allotted is, mm-hmm. is essentially what it was. But it, yeah, it's because like um, in our uh, fishing game, we don't have elected officials that run it. They're appointed. Oh. And so it's very easy to then um, whoever appoints them, you just like you said, you take them out hunting mm-hmm. or, oh, would you, do you need my private jet for that trip to go visit your mother? Like, you, I'm going to be a very nice person because the Wilkes brothers, I, I'm not going to say that someone is um, a Christian or not. That's between them and, but, but mm-hmm. they advertise that they are Christian. Mm-hmm. And so they also own um, the Ben Shapiro uh, and, and like the, the whole organization around that whatever that's called the the daily wire or something like whatever it is they own that oh my um and it all came from fracking oh they invented a machine that improved the fracking something something. they didn't invent it they um 
they were in the oil industry mm-hmm. and then they they used a fracking machine mm-hmm. and the company they used it from they're like hey we need more of these and the company's like no that's the only one you get and mm-hmm. they're like okay have it back we're gonna make our own mm-hmm. and so they just took all the they looked at the fracking machine and said we can build this on our own mm-hmm. and just started making mass producing fracking because mm-hmm. that's the number one way people are getting oil right now yeah is, is through fracking and so um very very very, very wealthy brothers yeah, probably powerful they're going to hear this podcast and want to squish me honey. <laughs> hopefully they hear it and they want to sponsor it hey we're veterans yeah we'll just, and, and these are rumors that we're talking about yeah we're talking about rumors because <laughs> when i can from my experience and so i started sharing hey i went out to the wilkes brothers i was so oh. excited oh yeah because when i went like i got to fill two elk tags and i i I got two cow elk within two hours of being there. And you're like, whoa. And it was amazing. Cool. And then they, they butchered them and, and hung them up in their freezer. And then the next day I got to travel around with the other guys that hadn't filled their tags. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just an amazing piece of property. They showed us the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a little, uh, I don't want to call it a gas station because it's not a gas station, but just like a, a big ranch would have a large gas tank. A reservoir. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they have that. And while, while we were getting um, gas in one of the trucks, and they, it's all Ford Raptors yeah. that are driving around there, mm-hmm. um, all the ranch hands. Uh, while we're doing that, there was, and, and this is a, uh, uh, not a generous number, uh, a low number, a low estimate, mm-hmm. 400 bull elk within a quarter mile. Then you just, just watch them. Watching us. Because they, they had no fear. Mm-hmm. They had no fear whatsoever because like, they only take three or four bulls off that property a year. Okay. And it's like <laughs> Donald Trump Jr., uh-huh. the two owners, and some other politician right they come in and and get these these elk right and so like they have no fear of of like yellowstone elk right like you can kind mm-hmm. of if you go to if you ever go to yellowstone and you see like people getting mauled by animals on youtube from yellowstone it's because they, they humans are not a natural predator yeah if probably- you dressed up as a wolf they would run away <laughs> but but they're not used to people hunting um bipeds hunting yeah and uh, and so anyway, we got to see these elk. We and again, I probably saw fifty thousand elk Jeez. on their property. It's a ridiculous amount, uh-huh. and uh, and I had such an amazing experience. They gave us swag. Mm. Um, uh, they they took care of everything. They paid our gas to get out there and back. Jeez. They uh, refunded us. So when I when I brought the the quarters of the elk back. Mm-hmm. They also refunded the money that I paid to get. I didn't process it at home. I, I took it to a butcher mm-hmm. and they paid the, it was probably $400 to get it processed and turned into, you know, hamburger and steaks and all of that. Wow. Um, they paid for all of that. And so like I had such a great experience <laughs> and, and then I started hearing all of this stuff that you're talking yeah. about. Right. And then I see the YouTube videos. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that's where I was at. <laughs> Yeah. And, but I heard from like the ranch hand side, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've just got to do what they're being paid to do, which is protect the land. Yeah. And so when people would, uh, one of the most famous hunters right now, is, his name's Randy Newberg. Mm-hmm. And uh, Randy Newberg did that. And so they talked about it. You know, Randy Newberg landed his helicopter over there and we drove out and saw him and talked to him and um, just made sure that everything was okay. And, you know, but they're also not super excited, you know, that it's happening because yeah. they feel like it's their land, even though it's not, it's public land and yeah. they, they've got to allow it. Mm-hmm. And people will drive through the ranch because it's public roads. As many of them are public, not private roads. And so mm-hmm. you can drive through the ranch. You could go over there. Mm-hmm. I can give you a waypoint and show you exactly where you could go look at elk right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's legal for you to do that, but they kind of watch all of them yeah. because they get so many people that come out there and try to, it's called poaching when oh. you don't have a tag or it's not land you have permission on. It's called poaching an animal uh-huh. and they have lots of poachers. They find dead elk all the time. Dang, people really? just at night driving through shooting their guns randomly. I don't know why people do that. Mm, yeah. And then I don't know if you ever heard of horn hunting. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, it's also called shed hunting. Oh, I've heard of that. Okay. okay. And it's not where you're going to look for sheds to store your things. Right. Um, but, a, but, um, looking for the antlers or whatever. The antlers, uh, uh, all the deer in Mon- Montana and the United States and elk shed their antlers and the antlers are like a bone like material. Mm-hmm. Every year it grows new and, uh, up till the animals are a certain age, it just gets bigger every year. And then as they get a hit a certain age, it starts to regress. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's illegal for you to go on someone's private land and grab those antlers. <laughs> well, that's another problem they have too, uh, yeah. is people come out and try to steal antlers and the ranch hands that work out there. And I'm sure they, I'm sure they get paid fine, mm-hmm. but it's not a lot to be a ranch hand because they're paying you and like, you get a free place to live. Yeah. You get free food, mm-hmm. you know? And so you probably make minimum wage essentially. Right. And you're working long hours and you probably don't get overtime. And so they would throw two parties a year based off, uh, the money that they made selling antlers. And I'm talking almost six figures mm-hmm. that they would make a year on that entire ranch just in antlers. Jeez. And so they would, at, at these parties they would throw, they would uh, give away like an ATV to somebody, right? Because they buy an ATV with, with the antler money uh-huh. and not like some podunk four-wheeler, like, <laughs> like nice $40,000 ATVs and they give one away to somebody because you know, all the antlers. And so that's actually, <laughs> it, it, it sounds bad, but they get more mad when people come and seal antlers off their land than when they find a dead elk, huh. you know, because they have so many elk, they probably kind of need to be shot anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, might start to hinder their operation, uh, mm-hmm. elk tear down fence and, oh, yeah. you know, like eat the, because it's a big cattle operation out there. They eat the cow, cow's food, you know, all of that. And so anyway, that was a long tangent. Um, but that was, that, I really wanted to share the story about my daughter. I'm glad you shared the story about yours. And uh, then we got to talk about the Wilkes brothers. Um, Montana rumor mill. Remember that bar we were going to open the, the rumor mill, <laughs> the rumor mill. Yeah. So you can all, you can hear more about that on the imaginary rumor mill bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, Where you, all the food is bitter and salty. Speaking, speaking of, <laughs> of bar, you're going to be playing at the Keller Geist on Saturday with your band. Yeah. If you're in town um, and even if you're not, you should get a helicopter or a jet <laughs> private jet and come on into great falls and come to the Keller Geist November 6th at 8, 8 PM, eight to 11. Five dollars at the door. Five dollars at the door. So it's going to be. I'm going to. Ha- I'm going to put. Um, I'm even going to put on a, a suit coat. I'll look even a little fancy for mm. you. Because I mean, if you're going to pay a, a cover charge, you know, I want to. I want to look look nice. Will you shower that day too? I'll even shower that day. Mm. I might even be shaving off the mustache. You know, because mm. it's been. There's going to be a lot of ladies disappointed. It's been weird to have it because you got to go like this. Every time you take a drink of something. <laughs> so oh, was that a thing? Because you and I, around the same time, grew our hair out. Mm-hmm. Our head hair, not our facial hair. Yeah. Um, I hated it and gained a new respect for women. Oh, yeah. Because on a windy day, it was the worst. Terrible. Eating soup or cereal. You always got milk or soup on your hair. Yep, because it would flop into yeah, the Yeah, you'd bowl. like look down into the bowl so you could take a bite and it's like, oh, my hair is now in the bowl. Mm-hmm. 
And so uh, just a total new respect for women when I grew my hair out. But yeah, very similar. You kind yeah. of slurp stuff off your, your stash. And I like it. I mean, I feel like people, people like it. But you get I'm, more respect. I do. People, mm-hmm. people assume that I'm an off-duty cop or fireman or something like that or yeah. paramedic or whatever. I'm not. Or, or that uh, if they had a flat tire, you would gladly fix it. Like you know that I have that little tool and I can yep. fix it for you. Yeah, you, you have a jack and an air compressor in your van. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, but... They probably don't even think you drive a van. No. Yeah. Not with this mustache. Yeah, not with that mustache. No. You drive a, a 70s... Like a Bronco um, or something. <laughs> right, right. It's something in the 70s. And you just Zam. keep it working. Mm-hmm. Every night you're in the you're in the garage. Tinkering. Getting it working. Mm-hmm. And it just runs like a charm because mm-hmm. you just take tender love and care of it. And I give it some weird affectionate name like Charlene yep. or something. Yep. That's my old Charlene. Listen to her purr. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Wow. 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 It's Owen Wilson. Wow. Owen Wilson. Wow. 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 Everybody should watch that YouTube video you sent me. I didn't. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah. When you said, I was like trying to, um, I, I, I'd never seen that before because I just wanted to hear it, you know, because yeah. you said in Owen Wilson's voice. Yeah. And I was like, do I know what voice that is? Because I was, I think I, I, I was actually thinking of the guy from um, Dazed and Confused, the all right, all right, all yeah. right, and um, very similar. Um, and so I looked him up and I, was just, I saw that wow compilation and I was like, he does say that a lot. It's like a catchphrase. Uh, who's the Dazed and Confused guy? I'll have to look that one up. <clears throat> all right, all right. <laughs> because it's, uh, oh my goodness, he's also on Sahara. Have you seen Sahara? No. One of my favorite movies. Dazed and Confused. Actor. Um, Dazed and Confused actor. All right. <laughs> I hope you have commas in there I as do. you're searching. I do. I put an and. But that was another moment where I wanted you to know the tone of my voice when I sent you wow. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. How could we so, not think of that? Well, they, they're the same person in my brain. They, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Matthew McConaughey in uh, the the stock market movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's Matthew McConaughey, not Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson's right. uh, Wedding Crashers. Yep, Wedding you Crashers. Know, um, and and definitely says wow, wow. And he does. Uh, he's in Shanghai, Shanghai Nights, where he's with. Uh, What's his face? Oh, yeah. Shang, um, no, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. That's a great yeah, movie. Great movie. You know, Matthew McConaughey's only 51. Only 51? Yeah. It's, okay, so it's really weird. Um, How do you picture him a lot, a lot older? When there was all the hype about Tim Tebow. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And at that time, did you feel that Tim Tebow was older or younger than you? Um, I can't remember. Okay, because um, he was actually going to play the, in the NFL this year. He was signed to a team to be a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't know that. My son told me. I was like, oh, really? And so we looked him up. Dude's 34. And I was very shocked by his age. I was like, wow, he's, I thought he'd be like 26 or something right now. But mm-hmm. he's, he's 34. Wow. And it doesn't seem like very long ago that he was like 18. I don't know. And so when you tell me that, I'm like, 
So he's way closer than my age than I thought. Yeah, and I feel like dazed and confused. Like I guess I don't know when that movie came out. Right. Maybe it's that it's set in it's the set 60s in, or 70s. Yeah, that you think it's a much older movie. And he in that movie, he was the older guy. That yeah. was like 19 or 20 or whatever. Or yeah. maybe 21 because he could drink in the bars yeah. or something. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that. Oh, and it was the film. It's from 93. So, huh? We don't know nothing. We don't know anything. The only well, thing there's I that, know. There's that whole thing. Um, do you remember? I'm not going to tell you the name of this. Mm-hmm. A children's book. Almost everybody had it. Mm-hmm. It was a family of bears. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the um, Paddington Bears? No, because um, I can picture them. It starts with a B. Mm, Bernstein Bears. Right. Or Bernstein Bears. Bruh, that's the whole thing. Bernstein bears. Is is. I can't remember now, but like everybody has a fake memory about it. Mm-hmm. And there's see. several things in the history of the United States and like famous quotes. Um, everybody remembers Luke. I am your father. Yeah. But that's not what he says. I can't remember what he says now because that's just stuck in my head. Yeah, I got it. I got it kind of wrong, but it was close. Bar- Baron Stain. Baron. Baron Stain. And everybody. So that's what it is. There's that A at the end. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers that being an E. Berenstein Bears. Berenstein Bears. Yeah, yeah. That's, but it's Berenstein Bears. Yeah. And so there's this false memory that like a whole massive population has of different things. And I can't remember what um, Darth Vader actually says in that moment. Luke, I am your father. He doesn't say that? He doesn't say it exactly like that. No, I just had to look it up. And is that not called the Man- Mandala effect? Uh, yeah, Man- Mandela effect. Mandela, Mandela effect. effect. Oh, we could be having the Mandala effect. Are we having right the Mandala effect about the Mandela effect? Wait a minute. <laughs> the first one isn't a word. <laughs> Wait, what was I looking? Oh. Um, Luke, I am your father. Um, what did Darth actually say? Oh, you might get some weird things. I know. Man. But I'll do a comma. Don't worry. I'm old, I'm, I'm old school good at this. What did Darth actually <laughs> say to Luke? He said, Luke, I am your father. No. He says, he actually says, no, I am your father. He doesn't right, say Luke. but he Luke. doesn't say Luke. Right, right, right. So he, 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 no, he's, he's repli- I am your father. He's replying yeah, to something yeah, yeah, Luke yeah. said. Yeah. yeah. And so, but everybody remembers it. Luke, I am your father. And I think, I bet you it's because um, somebody was doing an impression on a TV and, show. And so a lot of times that's what happens is somebody does a parody and the parody's more famous mm-hmm. or, or more remembered yeah. than, than the actual. Yeah. Like I used to do impressions of Jim Carrey doing impressions of people. Right. Right. So it wouldn't right. be them. It would be Jim Carrey's kind of weird Like when he does like Clint Eastwood or something. Yeah. And if he were to misquote Clint Eastwood, which I'm sure he may have done, mm-hmm. you would think Clint Eastwood said said thing, exactly. but he didn't. He didn't say that thing. Do you know what Jim Carrey's favorite three Jim Carrey movies are? <laughs> are I just they? saw a video on this today. What are they? Who watches that kind of video? Uh, let's You'll see. be very happy with his number one choice. Um, the Cable Guy? Boom. Sweet. Um, that had Jack Black in it too. Yeah, cable cable guy is a good flick. Like, if you do nothing else, just watch that basketball scene. Mm-hmm. If and then I, even the music in the background, like I learned that song. It's a song by Filter. I think. I can't it's, remember it. Well, and Jim Carrey's a huge heavy metal fan. Met you. 
He's now a huge it's heavy metal late. fan, like death metal. Really? Yeah, his favorite music is like death metal. That seems pretty f- um, spot on because in Ace Ventura, he actually gets up on stage with some. In many of his movies, metal. he does little cameo things uh-huh. where he's like, <laughs> you know, and he's kind of singing. And so, uh, second, his second favorite was Me, Myself, and Irene. That was a good movie. Yeah, and then he he said he had to say Ace Ventura because that's what kicked off his career. Yeah, was that, Ace Ventura. It was hilarious. I would argue and say it was in Living Color. Okay. But Ace Ventura probably made him more more famous. But I loved him on, um, yeah, I loved him on In Living Color. Um, Fire Marshal Bob. Fire, Fire Marshal, oh my goodness. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. <laughs> oh, uh, so good. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's, put a, let's put a pin in this. Yeah. Let's, let's call this a podcast. Let's, let's take a pin and tie a bow around it and put it on top of the podcast. I think we're going to try, um, Joe's going to work on, uh, scheduling us to go down to the new BJJ location. We're thinking BJJ. I'm going to try to find someone um, that knows about dispensaries. That would be cool too. Right. So if you don't know Montana, it's going to be legal come January. So right now it's um, it's legal to own. Like if I had some and I just mistakenly left it here and you just like had some and yeah. a cop was like, what's that? And you just had it, you know, and you didn't purchase it from anywhere. You just, whatever. It's probably fine because you can, you can, you can have it and use it here. Mm-hmm. You just, we don't have any mechanism for you to purchase it in our state. Right. You so can just have it. That's the kind of the catch twenty. So you have to have a green card to purchase it. And that's all gonna change uh January. So And so in January the the um that's coming the idea is that uh there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna try to grow yeah. Pot in their home. And maybe we'll give you some, you know, the, there's ways that you can like take a little spot under your stairs and just try out one plant, see how it goes and try to learn the thing yourself and save yourself a lot of money. Right. And so we'd like to, if, if you know anybody that runs a dispensary and is going to start getting some of the equipment to grow, um, let us let us know. Uh, Joe's yeah. going to reach out to a few people anyway. So we may not use what you send us, but if yeah. uh, if what we've, the channels we've got, if those don't don't pan out, we would like to, before January hits, get somebody on and kind of even help them get the word out too. Yeah, maybe we can put together like a little basic kit list. You know, go to the mm-hmm. Home Depot and pick up these things and you'll be we'll, off and running. We'll, we'll throw some Amazon affiliate links in the show notes. Ooh. And you can just click on those links and, and it'll pay us show. like 11 cents. Love that. But you'll be able to support the show and if you live in Montana, grow your own marijuana. Ooh taking the power back people yeah. you know what i mean yeah putting the healing medicine in in the, in your own hands learning about <laughs> it yourself you know, there's a lot of people that should be getting down with that like they don't trust scientists and doctors right now you know not trying to call anybody out any certain groups but yeah. if you if that's you then maybe you should look at growing and understanding your own medicine that helps with i mean a myriad of different um ailments with with zero serious side effect and zero um fatality so I mean, <laughs> right and and like if anybody uh, like there's there can't be a zero mm-hmm. there might have been two people yeah because like <clears throat> there's exceptions everybody's to every like somebody's allergic to everything like yeah there's at least one person out there that's allergic um i shared on my instagram story a quote and when you thought when you were saying like i'm not like calling anybody out or anything like that mm-hmm. i thought of our president 
Okay. Um, because he has some amazing quotes that are coming out. <laughs> okay. Um, and it says, uh, and this quote is, as one computer said, if you're on the train and they say portal bridge, you, you know you better make other plans. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Neither does he. <laughs> and I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to make fun of him. I just think that um, if you think about uh, people, and, and that, that goes for our previous president as well. Mm-hmm. I think um, our last good president was Obama. Um, good orator. Oh, he was so That's amazing. And he was, he was the right age. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, like Biden is like, what, 74, 78, something like that? Trump? Also in his 70s. I'm worried about both of their healths, to be honest both, with you. Both of them, right? Yeah. And so what do we think of once, once somebody hits 65, mm-hmm. um, I think now it's 67 and a half, mm-hmm. you're allowed to get Social Security. Okay. Because like they don't think that you can work anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we have this whole thing that was invented years ago to help the elderly community care for themselves by, by paying in. Mm-hmm. We pay in Social Security. And they've right. taken out for many other things, and that's a whole bunny trail. Mm-hmm. But you can get Social Security now, I think, at 67 and a half years old. And we have presidents that are a decade older than that. Mm-hmm. Run, like, I'm not saying you can't get a job. I'm not saying you can't work. My grandpa... He, he still works, but he works at, at O'Reilly's. Mm-hmm. He, he was a full-time sheriff's department for 32 years, mm-hmm. retired. And at a certain point, you kind of didn't want him running around with a loaded gun. Right. Maybe you shouldn't okay. have a loaded gun anymore. You're also from a time that was kind of racist and segregated, oh. you know? So, so maybe so we true. need to, like, like, take this out. Like, literally, Biden was in politics when, like, we still had, like, separate but equal yeah. Right. And and this is the person running our country. And so I'm not trying to pick on him or make fun of, but man, there's some funny stuff that he says. And I, and I will say that it does open him up to, um, you know, when 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 somebody is trying to tear him down, and maybe unfairly, mm-hmm. it's hard to argue, you know, and defend him. It is because it's, it's, so, it's like, what are you going to say? We're all kind of worried. We're like, well, yeah, I guess he is kind of old. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know the man, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> and he's had he's had like open brain surgery, multiple, like two different brain surgeries, and yeah, there's there's just there's just some things there, and and so with me, no matter who the president is, because of my military background, mm-hmm. I always want to honor that person. And, and respect the position. He's at the top of your chain of command. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like ingrained in you yeah. that this is a respectable position. And I think, mm-hmm. I, and again, I don't want to bring down Trump either. Uh, they both have done great things for our country and they both have done horrible things. And both of them, yeah. including Obama and, and President drone strikes, yeah. innocent children have died because of all of them mm-hmm. and they barely even made the news. And so like there's horrible things and there's good things. And, uh, and I just really want to respect, but it's hard sometimes when he can't complete a, a speech. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the last thoughts together. Yeah. It's like the last two of them, you know, because like with, uh, with, uh, with Trump, I was like, well, okay, just can you, can you speak clearly mm-hmm. and not change your mind every second? And, and can you stop making fun of people all petty? Right. And then with Biden, I'm like, eh, same. Can you, yeah. can you speak more clearly? And yep. you, can you give me an idea of what we're doing? And then not like kind of back and walk things back and go, all this nonsense. Because the, in the back of my mind, I was thinking already, man, these guys are in their seventies. I hope, right. I hope they know what they're doing. Um, because if you ever tried to help someone in their seventies do anything on their phone 
ever. Right. Anything right. anything that has to do with new technology. They're, is it, they're is like, this a video of my grandson? They're bewildered. No, it's a Skype. What's a Skype? And, and then when you <laughs> see how how any one of them, you know, is using Twitter, like so many politicians are using Twitter, you, you're like, wow, it looks like my parents got on Twitter. And right. It's, and it's ugly. It the, is. It's, it's so, so ugly. bad. And, and yeah, so I agree completely. I, I would love, and so the, the, the I didn't, um, uh, I stopped, uh, I don't even know if I, I'm going to share it. I'm, I'm an open book. I stopped um, voting when I became a pastor. Um, there's a separation of church and state in our country. Hmm. And I felt even, I felt if I did vote, I would be even in a private conversation mm-hmm. um, on a side. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel it was fair of me to, to lead a congregation or, or a group of youth students and ever sway them to be Republican, Democrat. I mean, t- typically Christians are Republican, but like I, I, I never wanted that mm-hmm. to be a thing. I really wanted like complete separation of, of church and state. Mm-hmm. You don't want to worry about it. Right. I didn't want to worry about it. So I just, right. I just didn't mm-hmm. vote. And so it's mm-hmm. pretty much since Obama, I haven't voted. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I, I think the last president I voted for might have been one of my first, I think I only voted like once or twice and then I became a pastor and I stopped voting. Mm-hmm. But know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be voting again. Good. And, uh, I, was and gonna I, say. I, I do want to be a part of that now, now that I'm not in a church and I'm not, uh, um, you know, doing that, that like I am going to vote. And, no, uh, I was going to say, if you ever see, find yourself in that position again, just vote locally, you know? And if you're like, you know, what, I don't care and I don't have an opinion, write in someone for president. You say you voted, you know, Right, right, in who you right. really want to be president, and then you can feel like, oh, at least you're not, whatever. I don't, I don't want to see you're part of the problem if you don't vote because you're not. But at least um, we can all have the same conversation, you know, because people are voting, they're angry, they have angst, and I'm over here going, what, what, what topic are you talking about? I don't, I didn't, I didn't re- research that. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Right, but I but think I, locally I care, we can make you know? a difference because we've even talked about this on the um, outside of the podcast, but wanting to get local. Um, politicians of, yeah. of sorts on the podcast to help us talk about and understand and and help others understand like how important local politics are. Mm-hmm. And so that's been something that's changed in my mind over the last few years because mm-hmm. it's so in your face, the presidential election, and that ends up being kind of what most people care about. It's but then when, when you're in a town of, what are we, 60, 70,000 mm-hmm. in Great Falls? Roughly. Um, and... 1200 people vote mm-hmm. for like mayor yeah and you're like man we've got to get people to the polls mm-hmm. we could really make some significant change in our lives i think president yeah they can make some laws and things that that affect your gas prices right that affects our daily life but um man you could really make some effective change about businesses coming into town about how those businesses are run about mm-hmm. police force about who's run you know the sheriff you know you can like make a lot of um, impact mm-hmm. your vote definitely matters if there's only 1200 votes so true and then i mean and since there's so few i mean the the number one thing that i'd like to do is like to learn more about the local issues because i i feel like i'm at a disadvantage when i get a thing in the mail and i read this little blurb about it and i'm like i don't know seems okay to me but i I didn't look into i haven't been following the conversation yeah you know and i feel like i would love it if we could find a weekly um 
a weekly time that we could participate or one of us, even if it's just one of us to go and take notes um, at the local city commission meetings, mm-hmm. you know, because I see other people doing it, other people that I respect. And, and I thought, um, man, I wish I, could. I that is the type of politics that I would like to be more aware of because local politics affect us all. You know, I, I could have fresh eggs every morning if, if we would have passed that law that everyone could have chickens a couple of years ago. And I was so angry, but I was like, but I wasn't in the argument. Like I wasn't down there saying, Hey, this is why I think my, me, Joe Ryan, the citizen of also a citizen of this city um, that likes to spend money here. And I have an opinion and I have a sway with my circle of influence and my friends. This is why I think that we should have, let's say chickens, you know, be able right. to have, have your own chicken, have a couple chickens. How's so that gonna hurt? That, it's so weird that you're bringing this up. Cause while I was processing meat yeah. over the last few days, I'm like, man, if I had a chicken in my backyard right now, like this would be perfect. Yeah. And I wouldn't have to like really go anywhere for anything. Yeah. I, I would have my chickens just and I would have my meat. Yeah. Maybe get like a couple goats to milk. And, and, and make your own cheese. Have you yeah. had goat milk before? Yeah. It's an acquired taste, but it's, good. So if, if you treat it like cow milk, it is an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. One of my coworkers had a goat and brought me in. So when she milked her goat, it went on to ice. Okay. Like, like not like directly into like a cup of ice, but mm-hmm. like, like a bowl of that, ice. That and then, then it went in and, and so it immediately gets chilled uh-huh. and then stays chilled its entire life. Uh-huh. It tasted all like actually slightly better than cow milk. Oh yeah, I can believe that. It was so good. It's the number one uh, milk consumed in the world. I I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the well, first time I tried goat milk, I didn't realize that. So when you're 19, mm-hmm. 20, 20, and you go to a foreign country to fight in combat, mm-hmm. you're young. And inexperienced. And even though I grew up in Montana with farmers and ranchers and like actually the first place I was ever babysat, they had a flipping mountain lion. Whoa. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you'd think I'd know they had pigs, they had a farm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know people drank other milk other than cow. Right. And it, that's. So I go, I go to Iraq mm-hmm. and we're assaulting into Baghdad, mm-hmm. not taking very much resistance. And I'm, I'm on what's called highway one. I don't know what the name, you know, the Iraqi name, we called mm-hmm. it highway one. Mm-hmm. And this, Iraqi gentleman comes out carrying like this uh, this tray that fancy waiters use, right? Mm-hmm. And when you have a fancy dinner dinner party, you have this tray, and it had a pitcher, and it had a, a metal pitcher like silver, mm-hmm. and then a silver um, like almost like teapot, and then uh, shot glasses, mm-hmm. and that's what they served their their they called it chai, but uh, their tea mm-hmm. in, right? And uh, and and in this pitcher, it, it was had like frost kind of on the outside and so yeah. i'm like that's cold whatever's in there is cold yeah. i haven't had a cold drink uh-huh. in a long time i want what's cold mm-hmm. well he didn't have cups for that so you just drank out of the pitcher so he it, like and we're trying to like i don't speak arabic he doesn't speak english we're trying to figure out like i, I would like you to have a drink thank you for coming and liberating us yep. from this dictator oh, nice. please have a drink of milk from my house right mm-hmm. that's what he's trying to express I'm trying to express, I don't trust you, but I kind of want to because I want to have good relations. Right. And that milk is cold. Can and you so, take a sip first? Right. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get that far. But, you know, there's two, two of us there. Um, you know, my battle buddy's with me. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy. And he's going to kind of, you can kind of see, he's going to kind of walk to people as they're kind of here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm the first. Mm-hmm. And I see the milk. And I, and I take a huge drink of what had to have been uh, the most sour 
milk that's ever existed on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't think it through, right? Like, I've, I hadn't seen a cow the entire time I've been in Iraq. I'd seen goats. And I also didn't think it through that they haven't had power for probably two or three weeks. Electricity. Many of them don't have refrigerators. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't, I hadn't really thought all of that through. Like, where did they get this cow milk from? How did it stay cold? It actually wasn't cold. Um, I thought I saw frost on the pitcher. It was dust. It was, it? Like, it was like dust. It was, like, it was just like a miscolored. It might have been real silver and just kind of tarnished. And uh, it, it, was, it was horrible when you're expecting. It's kind of like when you bite into a cookie and you think it's chocolate chip and it's raisin. It, yes. That's what happened to me, but, but a thousand times worse. It was called, what they gave you is called doug. D-O-O-G-H. Okay. It's gross. So imagine, imagine, um, super gross. So imagine, um, I, my second wife was, um, Persian. Okay. So she, I think I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so what it is, it's, uh, if you can imagine taking Greek yogurt plain Mm -hmm. and then taking some, and what, what, what I see it a lot was it was, um, like, fizzy fizzy sort of water like soda soda water or whatever mm-hmm. and you just mix them together no flavor no nothing it's kind of savory but imagine like diluted plain yogurt and just water and that's what they drink that's like the number one drink that they love it's like they're they love it it's <laughs> it's like a coca it's like a cherry coke to them with an arby's sandwich uh. and and the first time i remember drinking it i was like oh this is this is spoiled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought actually I was going to get sick because yep. I took a big gulp. Like I had mm-hmm. swallowed a lot before my taste buds, yep. the signal from my tongue went to my brain mm-hmm. and then went to my heart. Yes. Like, <laughs> right? I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so by the time that signal traveled, I already had, you know, half a gallon in my belly, not that much, but a couple good gulps. It's gross. And, and so I, I was just fearful that I was just going to be sick for the next couple of days because I'm like, this has to be bad. I'm going to find some. Like I know I can like when we go to um, Bozeman or Missoula, anytime we're out of the city, remind me about this and we'll go to a Middle Eastern if we can find one mm-hmm. place and I'll find it again just so you can try it because it is so interesting. Um, and it makes sense, though, because, you know, there's not a lot of refrigeration out there. So imagine that they would have this process, I guess, of having the milk and then kind of letting it turn into and ferment into mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sort mm-hmm, of yogurt. Mm-hmm. And they serve plain yogurt with like every single meal like yep. you, you have and your plantains. savory thing and plantains <laughs> and then just a plop of plain yogurt which is essentially their type of ranch like we love ranch here yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. In, in montana we put we dip everything in ranch yep and so to other cultures that's weird because it's basically just mayonnaise and seasoning yeah. whatever yeah. we're doing yeah <laughs> and so that's the that's the similarities that i found so like their ranch is a sour gross to us at first very tangy yogurt situation that, like like acquired taste you kind of have to grow up yeah. eating that stuff yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we said we were going to close out like 20 minutes ago okay. i feel like we've lied yet again mm, and you got to get to the dentist i gotta now. get to the dentist In yeah like and it's across minutes. it's across town yeah so we love you guys um we appreciate you listening if you haven't listened to the previous podcast take the 10 minutes out of your life listen to it yeah. Leave us a review. I haven't checked in a while. I apologize uh, to see if there was any new um, written reviews. So I'm going to yeah. look real quick while Joe woes you with the 
joke of the day. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't have any jokes. Um, I'm going to like pull up my garage band and just hit play in a couple of these little doodads here. See if you can hear my background music. I'll just, how about this one? And then this one. No, I don't like that sound. your weight music <laughs> so we don't have we had one more person we had nine ratings and now we have 10 we got another five star review cool but they didn't write anything so if you gave us a 10 uh, if you were our 10th if you were um, our last five star review thank you thank you that that waiting music was just for you we yeah. appreciate you I did that live for you guys I, I opened up my garage band opened up some live loops in there and just kind of chose at random what do you think It's it's um it's a level above elevator. It's almost like we're about to like, hey, thanks for tuning into NPR. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about um, a murder mystery out of Philadelphia. Oh, see, I was thinking more science. Okay. It feels more science to me. Today we're going to talk about uh, the the seven different types of clouds. And can they fall into a black hole? <laughs> right. Coming up next yeah. on Science is Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. Bill Nye's first show that nobody ever heard of, it had this music. Yeah. <laughs> so if you need me to do any like background music for you guys and you don't care what it sounds like, just give me a ring. I'll send you. I can, I can email this in an MP3 to you if you want. Anything like this. It's all nonsense. Magical. Magical. All right. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate you. More than you know. More than we're going to say. But we'll say it next time. So you got you to come back and listen in to us appreciate you. Mm. <laughs> That's a good good hook right there. They're Come definitely up. coming back now. now they got, like, what are they going to say? Like, I'll think of something. I mean, I'll shower you with praise, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is that praise so golden? I've been Brian. <laughs> I've been Joe. We'll, we'll see, see you next show. show.